Today is Friday, November 17, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Oh man, we have a good one for Friday. So it's uh, like half of it's political. So if you don't, if that's not your thing, just skip for the end. Uh, so topics include, but are not limited to, Snoop Dogg apparently stopped smoking weed, uh, Target, as if they haven't learned from their uh, previous debacle, they have hired a new merchandiser for um, for their apparel line. Do you want to know who that is? It is a person named Gay Cruella. So, <laughs> don't know how they're going to go, but so far, one of their uh, things attributed to them are a gay trans nutcracker statue. So, good job, Target. Then, we have the Catholic Church writing a statement... Um, with, uh, comparing Jesus and Buddha and saying one of the things about cooperation, their statements, uh, it's like five like heretical things or seven, but one of them is about cooperation. And it says, to be truly saved, it means cooperating with religions and media outlets and governments. <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. And like education and all this other crap. That's what truly being saved means. Are you serious? No. <laughs> Being truly saved is to repent and believe the gospel. Fall on your face before God. Pray to Jesus. Be like, I believe your death, burial, resurrection. If you believe that, confess that. Ask Jesus to save you, forgive your sins, make you born again, and give you eternal life. That is what truly being saved is. The Holy Spirit of God himself will live with you and guide you into truth and understanding. That is salvation. Is that too simple? Anyway, so, man... If people ever thought the Catholic Church was good, and I mean, that's a really big if, but I mean, even Catholics, uh, some of them have, uh, consider themselves Catholics, but they have a problem with Vatican II. I mean, man, every Catholic should have a problem in the last, like, two years with what this dude at the top is doing. Um, th that's just insane. Like, Chrislam, Jesus and Buddha, like, being saved, just cooperating with the freaking media? Are you serious? Anyways, oh, my goodness. Then... Then, <laughs> Alex Jones was right. <laughs> we talk about some of the, uh, quote, conspiracy theories that are basically settled science, like years later, when enough people garnered interest from funny memes that they've actually done studies. And, hey, turns out, dude was right. And we talk about his new video game versus the New World Order. That's great. Um, then we talk about, uh, we get biblical. We talk about uh, what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Uh, the passage from Matthew 3 and Luke uh, 6. Uh, anyways, Matthew and Luke. Uh, it's, it's the same passage. So it talks about being Jesus came to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. What exactly does that mean? We have a very uh, lengthy, diverse discussion of thought on that. Then we talk about the Legacy Standard Bible, the Calvinie Bible. Uh, apparently it's the NASB 95. And they, um, they did a new translation on that and inserted the word Yahweh where it says Lord which means Yahweh, but to make it simple for people, I guess, they just put the correct word in there, as well as changed or, you know, um, corrected. I, I don't even know what word they'd use to make it sound generous, but anyway, it's their Bible, LSB. So um, anyway, we talk about some of the differences in that, um, and we just talk about that one. So um, the consensus seems to be, eh, it's fine, but, you know, it's done by all Calvinists. Maybe that's good, maybe it's bad, maybe it's indifferent. But uh, remember, none of this matters because there, there's an atheist that pops in. They're like, how do you know which translation is right? The one you will read. That's the right translation. Like, by the time we're talking about such nuanced differences, we are splitting incredible hairs here. 
So it's a bunch of Christians all talking about, you know, different versions of the Bible and different translations and who played a part in it. Um, the point is God preserves his word. So no matter which Bible translation you read, do a parallel. Put them next to each other. You're going to get the same exact message from all the passages uh, from all the different translations. So it is not a big deal. We're just being incredibly uh, um, picky and, and going through this in incredible detail. Um, when we do things like this. So if you are on the outside listening, you'd think, wow, all these things must be totally different from each other. They must say, like, you know, terrible things different from each other that are contradictory and all this other stuff. The truth is, no, we're just being very, very detailed and nuanced, and they all say the same thing. Don't believe me? Read them. Go to BibleGateway.com right now. Bring up a Bible passage. You can put five parallel Bibles, any translation you want, right next to each other. Read them all at the same time. You will get the exact same message. Anyway, check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon for your weekend reading. Check out the Ask a Christian store. The links are all in the description. Grab a t-shirt. Support this podcast in Christian discipleship and sharing the gospel with people. Uh, that is ultimately the only thing that eternally matters. And also share these links. Thank you for your support and have an awesome weekend. We'll see you later. Well, hey, in short other news, um, apparently... Snoop Dogg <laughs> has decided to stop smoking weed, and no one believes it. Like, the, the internet is going crazy. <laughs> like, all kinds of memes about how high he is when he's saying that. But anyway, so, I don't know if it's a PR stunt or what, or it's to promote smokeless THC, but, you know, he says he's done with weed. So, who knows? Um, also, oh, oh, you know, Target. Um, you know, I'd like to talk about more than just, like, LGBTPS stuff, but that's the only thing I could find. Anyway, uh, apparently they have, Target has not learned their lesson. They've hired the gay Cruella to be their marketing uh, person, you know, because they're merchandising with satanic shirts and pedophilia and tucking pouches for boys. I mean, girls swimsuits um, that wasn't well received. So they hired gay Cruella to make it all better. And the result so far is trans nutcracker statues for Christmas. So, you know, that's what I was reading this morning when I was trying to look at stuff to talk about. Or Romanian orphans. You know, take your pick. Yeah, you know. Bill's also a good Calvinist, so it's great. Who is? Uh, my friend Bill, he's the missionary. It's all the, the two girls, two teenage girls are hardcore Calvinists. And all the people that are like, what a heartwarming story, are now, like, turning to, like, breathing fire. No? Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I'm just, oh, I'm, I, you asked for more news. So I'm flipping back and forth from Protestia to here to see if I can find some other headlines for you. <clears throat> all right. Let, let's see. Let's go for for secular news. Let's see, uh, you know. Ju How's that religious news? AP, judge rules against tribes and fight over Nevada lithium mine says, oh, they say is near sacred massacre site. Oh, let's see. Is this where all the Christians killed the native people? Oh. And by Christians, everyone knows that means Catholics. In Reno, Nevada, federal judge has dealt another legal setback to Native American tribes trying to halt construction in one of the biggest lithium mines in the world. Really? Huh. Look for that to be shut down, because, you know, we can't mine or farm anything here. Um, okay. 
Who massacred them? Who massacred them? I know it's Catholics. Find I just out. want to see it. <laughs> I just need the article to. I mean, it's not like a bunch of Baptists went around like chopping heads off, like setting people on fire. Like that's not really a Baptist type thing. Or okay, uh, let's see. Earlier tribes had failed to. Oh, failed to prove uh, that a massacre took place, but that didn't stop them. They still say it was. Um, let's see. Their ancestors were killed by the U.S. Calvary. Oh, okay. Oh, so maybe it was a religious thing. Then why is it in the religious news section? Okay, so you know the army in 1800. Well, because they're saying it's sacred land from whatever pagan religion of the week that they've decided. Oh, to right, right, right. Okay, oh, okay, right, right. Their their religion, not like. I just assume if there's something bad in America that happens, it, the finger is going to be pointed at some kind of Christianity. Okay, well, you know. Peace be with the tribes in Nevada. That's well, the, the big news, and I know that there's not a whole lot of Anglicans running around. The big news is the Church of England has voted to bless same-sex unions. Are they Englands in America, or is that called Episcopalians? They're called Episcopalians in America, but there are Anglicans in America as well. Do they have Anglican churches? Yep. Well, then what's the purpose of Episcopalians? a long and drawn out explanation about property and like diocese and stuff. Hmm. Let's see. You would you would fall asleep if I started explaining it in the first 30 seconds and I'd have to wake you up with like Can you make the entire explanation houses. 30 seconds? <laughs> Basically when Anglicans <clears throat> came to America they had a different diocese and a different uh, what we call episcopate so it's like a different uh, uh, leadership and so their leadership was separate from the Church of England, so they're called Episcopalians. Hmm. Let's see. Lawyers for religious leaders challenging Missouri abortion bans say law imposes beliefs on everyone. So lawyers for a group of religious leaders who support abortion right. <laughs> so you have... Is this right? Am I reading this right? I, I've read it three times to make sure I'm not crazy. Okay, so Missouri, secular government, enacts some kind of abortion ban to some degree. And apparently religious leaders who are pro-choice are fighting Missouri because they want the ability to murder babies. Wow. that Does someone have a sound of tables turning? That is so pro-life religious le or pro-choice religious leaders want to fight Missouri's abortion ban. <clears throat> Let's so see what religious leaders these are. So so what's going on right now is there's a fight in the pro-life community as to the means of working on the abortion issue. The one camp says that we have to be incremental and that we have to, you know, slowly chip around the edges until abortion becomes rare. Right, so they would just say, you know, do heartbeat bands and do oh. you know, do that kind of thing, and then Chris, I have like, a better answer. I, I here's the better answer. Oh goodness, <laughs> I'm sure what you say is true. Here's what the article is, the the actual thing. Thirteen <clears throat> Christian quote Christian Jewish and Unitarian Universalist leaders. So, no Christians. 
<laughs> just just like, uh, you know, secular religious leaders. So these are the ones bringing it. Again, not your run-of-the-mill Baptist. Uh, so 13 Christian, Jewish, and Unitarian Universalist leaders filed suit seeking injunction barring Missouri from enforcing its abortion law and declaration that uh, provisions violate Missouri's constitution. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, goodness. Okay. Someone give that to Bob. Someone show Bob that. Like, here's yeah. what your Unitarians are doing. Oh, yeah. Someday I might just do a whole, like, 20 minutes on the rape of Munster. It's also called the Siege of Munster, where Unitarians and Charismatics got together and went wild. It's getting a little too close to too close to home, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just... Nate and like, Bob walk into a town. <laughs> the town burns. No, but I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have a divine revelation that you are the new King David, and so then you have to build up your um, wives and concubines and declare in the city that all marriage is null and void. I'm pretty sure I, I could I know Nate well enough to know that you're not going to be making those proclamations. <laughs> Unfortunately, our charismatic unitards, not so much. By the way, uh, Unitarians can be charismatic too. Uh, I'm just gonna say, so can so can Calvinists, right? Yeah, Sam Storms and all those guys. Let's see. 100%. This, this is so stupid. U.S. News and AP and CNN, all these secular news religious sources, all have the exact same stories. U.S. News, the Nevada land thing for the native people, whatever. Like, it's the same exact stories. Oh, oh, California. Is this the is this the Jewish demonstrator? That, oh, it is. California professor charged with involuntary manslaughter. If that was on the other side, it would be absolute like premeditated murder. But anyways, um, charged with involuntary manslaughter in death of Jewish demonstrator. A professor? You don't say. Wonder what you say, uh, what they're a professor of? Gender studies, maybe. Let's find out. You remember that, right? Like the California, the demonstration. There's like a guy with like a Israel flag, and they like shoved him to the ground. He hit his head and ended up dying. He's an old guy. Yeah, I'm well aware of the case. Where is the professor? Yeah, I forgot what the guy teaches. Whatever. He's a. Oh, you know the professor guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I read about him. I mean, I don't know him. He's not like, you know, a family member. Well, I mean, not like your friend, but you know the story? Gosh, I thought I was getting, I thought I was being new and insightful. What'd you find from dissenter and protestia? Well, so protestia has the, the vote last night from the Church of England that they're now fully gay affirming. Which is, because oh. I have a couple of Anglican friends, so now I get to troll them endlessly. Because they're like conservative Anglicans, and now I can just troll them. <laughs> the Babylon Bee already had an article like about a year ago that it was uh, Anglican Church um, introduces tuck friendly investments <laughs> maybe they can hire gay Corolla for that oh Vatican <laughs> poor Vatican man Catholics just need to just get out like get out while you can like um, Vatican releases interfaith document comparing Jesus to Buddha 
Just get out, guys. Get out. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, so, contradicts core biblical principles. Yeah, the seventh Buddhist Christian colloquialism, as stated in the Vatican's final statement. It's like a final solution. Hmm. Release today not only blurs the lines between false da 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 da. Um, organize something something. Compare him to Buddha. Where do you, okay, uh, direct quote. Uh, as Buddhists and Christians, we see the Buddha and Jesus as great healers. The Buddha pointed to greed and Jesus to sin as the cause of suffering. On many levels, Jesus and Buddha propose love and compassion as medicine to drive out the darkness in the human heart and the world. Nourished by the respective spiritual teachings, Buddhists and Christians for thousands of years have adopted compassionate ways of living to address the suffering of life. No one cares about the suffering of life. I eternal life, bro. Eternal life. Oh, my gosh. So, nothing about Jesus being a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, because I guess they can't compare that to Buddha. Um, yeah. So, Chris, it's all about your happiness and your, uh, you know, love, whatever that means. What do you think of that? You ready to uh, convert to a Christian Buddhist? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's the kinder, gentler, Chris. I'm going to give out flowers in the airport now, I guess. <laughs> okay, let's see. Here's the... This is a final statement from the Vatican, right? Uh, let's see. It goes to acknowledgement, dialogue, cultivative, corporate. Uh, where's the... Educate... <laughs> um, where's the thing that said no one saved alone? Okay. Cooperate. No one is saved alone. We can only be saved together, for we are interconnected and interdependent. Inter interdependent. Thus, we need to cooperate with everyone, civil society, followers of other religions, media personnel, <laughs> governments, international bodies, academic and scientific communities, and all other interested uh, parties in order to foster an inclusive world. Is that what being saved means? D dude, this cannot be from the Vatican. Seriously, like, no one needs to argue, like, 13th century, like, Arian and whatever Catholic fathers. Like, just show them all the stuff Vatican's done in the last, like, two years. Yep. This is the problem of being ecumenical. Good Lord. When, you be, um, when you're ecumenical, that means you're going to deal with the Native American shaman, a voodoo priest, a Muslim imam, a Buddhist priest, uh, and, and and others of that ilk, and still say it's cool. Like uh, Jack Van Epi, uh a few years ago was showing the problem of Chrislam. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Chrislam. No, we where are. He, okay, uh, you know, was said that Chrislam, you you get Chris. Christianity and Islam can live as one. So I'm like, oh, really? Islam say kill everybody off. They, they take off with their head. That's Antichrist. <laughs> Revelation points that out. So thank you. Uh, thank you. I'll get back to you, Nate. But good morning to everyone. Good morning. You know, I don't want to put myself in like a false sense of security, but goodness, man. Like when we have the, the Catholic Church saying, like, you know, salvation is, like, you know, cooperating with the media outlets. Um, 
and you know we've like gay affirming anglicans and like all this other stuff and these are supposed to be christianity for all the people that maybe wondered like you know if if like these secondary differences like you know am i once saved always saved i mean you know if if you're not one of these people there's a really good chance so so if you reject this catholic inclusive uh nonsense that buddha and jesus are the same and if you're like, you know, I don't think uh, I'm, I'm going to be cool with like, you know, gay sex as, as holy before God. There's a really good chance that, you know, if you are saved and deny that, you're probably always saved. So people that are like worried about like losing your salvation, it's like if you're not one of these people, there's a pretty good chance you're good anyway. Like, I don't know if that's a false sense of security, but man. Like narrow is the way. Freaking narrow is the way. Dude, I've been doing a deep dive on um, Evanescent Grace of late, and it's been super good, super helpful. Um, and all that means, it's an old-timey word to describe the parable of the soils in Matthew 13. And Every it's time just, you say Evanescent, really Evanescent Grace, I hear, uh, I see Steph's emo picture, and I, I see the music video of that, her like falling out the window, like getting saved, like yep. the Evanescent song. Pretty fantastic. Anyways, continue. No, just yeah. Just, I, I, every time I get a chance to to harass stuff about evanescence, I, I use it. So, well, um, give, give a little bit about your deep dive. Yeah, so um, so there's a whole thing um, in Calvin's Institutes about um, the idea that um, in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about how you know the parable of the soils that you know one seed falls on the rocky path, one seed falls on the, the I'm sorry, on the, on the hard path, the other falls on a rocky ground. The other, uh, pardon me, the other, um, uh, you know, falls in good soil. There's four soils. Pastor Mark is going to beat me with a wet noodle because I can't remember the fourth soil. Anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, so um, the, the one in, in rocky ground is the one that Calvin is necessarily speaking about in uh, his Institutes Book 10. And uh, the, the long and the short of it is that God will, um, for his own glory, allow people to, um, you know, hear the gospel, theoretically accept it with great um, joy, but then fall away because of the, the cares of this world. And essentially, that's, that's not a true salvation. It's a fake salvation. It's a false salvation. It's like uh, Hebrews 6 and... Uh, that kind of, of salvation. I've already gotten my food. <laughs> um, they were trying to feed me another omelet. Um, and so... Don't brag about it. We, 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 we're, not, we're not eating until afternoon. <laughs> Are you fasting this morning, brother? Every Tuesday and Friday. Oh, okay. um, For Jesus or heart health? Jesus. Um, so anyway, so this is, it's, so what anti-Calvinists have jumped on is this idea that God is granting a fake grace. Um, but after doing a, a deep dive into the commentaries on Calvin's Institutes, that's not what Calvin is referring to. Um, and so there's a, there's a whole thread of folks that love to try to bring up this idea of evanescent grace. And it just simply is a misreading of Calvin um, and not understanding the parable of the soils in Matthew 13. So, 
pretty great. Well, thank you for that. Oh, did you? <laughs> what did you watch the trailer for that Alex Jones video game I sent you? Yes, and I can't get that time in my life back. But yes, I did. It's pretty. You funny. Can't get... <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the funniest thing. Except it's seventeen dollars, so I'm not spending that. But apparently, you could like it's like uh, you can do a Final Fantasy summon, except it's Trump. <laughs> Dude, it's the funniest thing I have seen in quite a while. Oh my um, gosh. The only thing that would make it better is if there was a rant about gay frogs. There is! In the trailer! Like, that's the first thing you hear, like, five seconds in. It's like, I'm so mad they're turning the freaking frogs gay! And you're, like, shooting the people that are, I guess, turning the frogs gay or something. I guess I missed that part. Okay, I gotta rewatch it. It's, like, right when it right when it starts. Uh, <laughs> I was probably putting my headphones in during that part. They're turning the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> um, kind of you like might want to explain right? for people who don't know what you're talking about <laughs> who Alex Jones is and why the frogs are turning gay. If they don't know who Alex Jones is, we can't help you. But Oh, I know that liar. <laughs> well, I was about to say. So, okay, the thing about the frogs, I, I mean, at this point, he is way more credible than, like, half the actual cable news networks. Um, I mean, that that's just indisputable look at what they've said about like you know covid and all this other nonsense and how they've been provably like taking money from like federal government sources to share their lies and like to get the shots and promote the shots like even fox news like they got so many thousands of dollars like i'm like why are all these like hosts peddling the stupid shot um you know the covid shot or whatever and then you find out oh well they were paid to take money from the government and then all of a sudden like after that came out like all of their commercials started being sponsored by pfizer I'm like, oh, come on. Anyway. Um, Nate, the shot is good. The shot is necessary. We must take the shot. We yes. must take the shot, Nate. Take a uh, shot. <laughs> I did not know good. y'all were conspiracy theorists. Take a few from me. You mean, uh, okay, did so. Not, it, it, okay. Did, not, did not the Trump supporter, did not uh, the president, when Donald Trump was president, when he came down with COVID, get, get the shot? So come on, y'all. Can't have it both ways. Well, yeah, you can. I mean, I mean, it's fairly easy. Like, do you think like Fauci, <laughs> for example, when him and like Biden and all of them were like getting shots just like that on TV? Like, it is not a far fetch to say, even even if they like got the shot somewhere else, right? Like, even if they like, legitimately wanted the shot, they would not have done it on national TV. They would have got it before or after. So like, it's completely reasonable to be like, well, you know, for a PR stunt, they went out. They're not going to take a chance of having a bad reaction on TV, so they got a shot of saline. Like, even if they legitimately got the shot some other time, it's perfectly reasonable that they would, would not have got it on national TV. Um, they could have got a shot of saline or something like that. Anyways, um, yeah, so the, turning the freaking frogs gay, like, if, if no one's heard this, um, like, what, 10, 15 years ago? Maybe, maybe, maybe about 10 years ago, 8, I don't know. Like, Alex Jones was, like, pop, got really, like, super popular um, for this clip about he was ranting and saying how, like, chemicals in the water in China was t- turning uh, male frogs gay, and it was killing the frog population because they couldn't reproduce. And years and years later, apparently now that's true. It's astrazine, and it's, like, in the water, and there have been tons of studies because, you know, people are like, he's a conspiracy theorist, ha, 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 But it got enough attention that enough actual scientists started, like, you know, doing tests and studies, and they're like, well, holy crap. Astrazine turns the frogs again. Um, 
and anyways, now they're going on to blame that for like a reason why a lot of like kids, um, you know, could be like linked to trans issues and other things like that. And now like there's apparently a new study by someone that is saying how like oversaturation of like mercury um, can cause like some sort of bird to become gay. Anyway, so so the point is, um, this dude with maybe very little information and some conjecture back in the day said something that now really can't be denied. So, <laughs> can we put something in Steph's drinking water that'll make Alex Jones rant about it? Steph, can you, are you here to summon Trump? Am I what? Are you here to summon Trump from the video game? Dude, that's so funny. They have they have Donald Trump as like the all powerful summon. That's so funny. <laughs> Alex or Alex Alex Chris was asking to explain what the frogs gay thing were for people that may have been living under a rock. So I was giving a little. Except that's the thing, right? It's like like okay, whenever you say conspiracy theorist, like the neighbor down my road, right? That guy is too far. The guy that thinks like there's a bunch of white hats running government and Trump's running like the world from like a secret underground bunker under Mar-a-Lago and he's the real president and everything like that. I'm like, dude, that is so far. Like the Q stuff is a bridge so, so, so far. Just no. But then you have other things that people call conspiracy theorists that is basically wait a week and they're going to be proven true. Um, so, you know, stuff people were saying, like, you know, Jones and other people that were conspiracy theorists because they yell and scream and it's funny and entertaining to like watch them and people who like to joke and make fun of them. But the stuff they were saying like 10, 15 years ago, it's, it's actually like happening now. Um, you know, so some of the bigger stuff, like with the World Government and Economic Forum and the stuff they're wanting to do and like the 2030 agenda and stuff like that. So it's like, well, you just can't deny it. Like the worst you can say is they just said some stuff that happened to come true through lots of crazy coincidence, right? But at a certain point, it's like, well, they, they re took what limited information there was available and they made predictions. And they called it correctly. Um, anyway, there's really no, I'm not, you can't really dispute a lot of this, right? You can just say, oh, it was a wonky hunch. They took a shot and got it right. Congratulations. But even if that's true, that's better than what CNN and MSNBC did. So what do you think, Steph? I mean, I am on board for conspiracy theories. I am slow to dismiss any. Too many have been proven true. That's, that's where I stand on it. And Sean, what uh, booster shot are you up to right now? Is it eight or nine? Oh my gosh. No, it's three. No, Sean, I like you. You can't die. Stop taking those things. I'm not going to die. The worst I've had was a sore shoulder. The same way when you get a tetanus shot. You got a sore shoulder. That's all I had. I take a but wait. tetanus shot. You said you're not going back. No, you're you're in limbo right now. You're in you're in vax purgatory. Haven't you heard? Like, if you're not current on your booster shots, they say it's the same as if you've never had one. So if you've got like if you've only got three or four shots, you you're not up to date. So that that's the same thing as you never having a shot. You're one of us, Sean, in their eyes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, one one of us. One of us. I had. I had two shots of Moderna, and I feel fine. It's just that my tentacles that come out of the back of my head ache in the morning. And so the tentacles, they're getting better. They're, they're, I just take some Advil, and, and they stop squirreling. I don't understand this. Like, for me, this wasn't even religious or political, right? I was looking into it. I was scared of COVID like everybody else. So I'm like, yeah, let me see. This is not – it's not – 
labeled a vaccine. It's literally a an experimental genetic therapy. And that I was like, nope, no, thank you. Like this is I, this, maybe it's my anxiety. It was not politics related. I was just like, absolutely not. Well, <laughs> no. you, you've got the guy who invented mRNA technology. Is it? Uh, oh boy, is it Dr. Malone, Robert Malone, Steve Malone, Robert Malone? Yeah, something he's like on that. Clubhouse. You, oh, really? You, you've got yeah. the guy who invented the technology being used, and he's like immediately outspoken. He's like, guys, this is not what my technology does. He's like, this is a misuse. He's like, this is going to cause problems. And now they have to come up with clever excuses and clever things and like, you know, high school uh, uh, athletic forms now include as part of their waiver. Uh, you know, myocarditis may be a result of playing basketball. It's like, why would you have to put that? So there's just too many, too many things. But I mean, when you've got the very maker of this technology saying, this is misuse. This is going to cause problems. And then look, problems seem to happen that otherwise would not happen before. You've got like, you know, 10 per, like highest level athletes a year collapsing and dying from like, you know, extraneous activity and stuff like that on, on the field um, in, in their sports arenas. And now you've got like hundreds. It's like, what do they all have in common? So much so I mean, that now every time it happens, they're like, oh, was he vaxxed? Was he boosted? I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that believes DeMar Hamlin is a clone. So if you want to ask me about conspiracy theories, that that's how far I'll go. Do you really believe that? I don't know if I can go that far. I kind of believe that, yeah. I mean, you're in real estate. There's a bridge here over Lake Jessup, I can tell you. <laughs> Wait, Chris, where are you on um, the, the conspiracy scale? So I, I don't know if I can get as far as Steph. Um on Damar Hamlin's a clone. I certainly am not on board with any of the Q nonsense. Uh, that guy but, does not look the same as he did before. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I will go very far down the bridge of Alex Jones was right about a whole tons of stuff. So uh, where do you fall on the spectrum? <laughs> so interestingly enough, I think Steph knows this because we've talked about it, but uh, my entire artistic practice when I was a gallery artist um, had to do with conspiracy and conspiracy theories. And so um, uh, I did an entire exhibition where I went to the places where people were assassinated and there's conspiracy about it and, uh, and did some, some artwork there So uh, as, a, as an art photographer. So <clears throat> I, I, I have a deep history with conspiracy and conspiracy theories. Um, and just to let you know, I've studied enough about conspiracy theories that I do not believe a single conspiracy theory. And I know that's very upsetting to a lot of people. Not one? I, uh, but wait, what are you calling conspiracy the only theories? The conspiracy that I believe in is the assassination of Lincoln, which was an actual conspiracy that was carried out and proven in a court of law. Okay, so, like, the, con the quote, conspiracy theories from, like, ten years ago that are now, like, proven and indisputable, would you say, well, no, because they're proven and indisputable, those are not conspiracy theories, therefore I believe them, or would you say conspiracy theories are things that are just kind of being floated but have not been proven true yet? Like, I don't know, Astrazine, for example, so, right? Like, it was a big conspiracy theory when he said it, um, but now, I mean, it seems like it's pretty proven. It's settled. So do you so not a, believe there's that? A difference between, right, so there's a difference between like somebody's wild-eyed conspiracy theory with no evidence 
and something that bears out to, to be true because all conspiracies start with a grain of truth, right? Um, but they they end up going into flights of fancy, like the gay frog thing. Um, it wasn't that the frogs were turning gay; it was that the, the chemical was having a, an in, impact on the population of frogs. So those two things are really because the the, the the point of the conspiracy theory about turning the frogs gay was not like you know the fact that this frog population is dropping the, the wider implication of that is that this is something that they're going to want to try on humans and that they're going to try to turn humans gay for a depopulation thing that was the end game of the conspiracy for Alex Jones it wasn't the I don't know it sounds like something gay. a gay sounds like something a gay frog would say <laughs> so my, my point being <laughs> my point being that whilst you can the, the grain of truth in some conspiracy theories can bore, bear out to be correct I mean I think COVID is a perfect example of that right there was a bunch of conspiracy theories about you know uh, lab leaks and all that stuff and it turned out to be true it doesn't make the conspiracy theory more true it just means that you know a even a blind squirrel gets a nut once in a while. So, like, wait a minute. So if many, a conspiracy what? theory is true, true, it's less true. No, it just it means that again, the grain of truth having to do with with, with the genesis of that conspiracy theory is proven to be true. It doesn't mean that the conspiracy theory itself was true, because the point of the conspiracy oh. theory about COVID. You what are you what saying, saying right now? He's a reptilian. I'm a That's what I'm thinking. The point of the conspiracy so, Chris, theory about COVID was but, was just that you know you can't trust government, which I agree with. I don't trust government as far as I can throw them, but I don't oh, I think love them that so a much. lot of the con- I, I I think that that a lot of the conspiracy theory that we are quote unquote saying has been proven true. I think that the grain of truth that began the conspiracy theory is what is proven true, not the theory itself. Okay, okay, right, okay. That I can understand, but. You're, you, whenever you talk about conspiracy theories like that way, and it starts with a grain of truth, that's journalism. Like, you know, all the stuff about, like, Israel-Gaza, like, all the stuff about, like, you would see on, like, what we would consider to be a, a reputable news network or journalist, they all they, – no one starts with the full story. Like, they, they all start with, like, a rumor or a, a grain of truth, and then they investigate, then they get sources, then they learn more, and then they end up with, hopefully, the whole complete story. So that's not just like how a conspiracy theory starts. That's how like any news story pretty much starts. Well, Nate, is it fair to say that all of them start as conspiracy theories, and then when they're proven true, they graduate from conspiracy theories to conspiracies? Is that fair? No, they become conspiracy facts. I think that conspiracies are really messy, and I think that we tend to... The, the idea of a conspiracy is that there are people who are getting together who are fomenting a particular action in order to come to a certain goal together, right? But wait, that's, but, but that's, not, that's not true. Like, you're, you're generalizing, like, like how many cons- okay. conspiracy theorists are, like, you know, out there by themselves? Like, it's, it's not, uh, like, I, I'm more no, 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 I'm talking about the theorists. I'm talking about like the actual, like a conspiracy, like the definition of a conspiracy is a group of people coming like together. Like Julius Caesar type situation. Right. So like the conspiracy against Caesar was true, right? So like the conspiracy against Caesar was a bunch of people got together to murder Caesar. And then they got in the forum 
and then they all stabbed him to death. And the, the reason that all of them had to get a shot in on Caesar was so that not one of them would be prosecuted. As the murderer, it was the entire Senate had to put a knife into Caesar. That is a conspiracy that turned out yeah. to be true. Now, you know, like what I'm saying in terms of like, I don't think that the government is smart enough to foment the COVID vaccine conspiracy. I think that they were just casting about for any kind of thing that, you know, they could possibly come up with and and just just went with it. And I don't think that there was a bunch of people sitting around going, hee, 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 we are going to try this experimental you know, vaccine on people to see if we can turn people reptilian. Like, I, I just, I don't see people being that competent and that good at planning. I think that the COVID vaccine thing was just a bunch of idiots that got together and continued to be idiots and were pushing a an experimental vaccine on people that no one really had any data on because there was so much pressure coming from the public to, quote unquote, do something. And well, so... Except- I, well, I believe that that's correct, but I don't think that there's a. I don't think that there was the Illuminati in the background planning myocarditis for eighteen year olds. Like I, that's exactly that, what that, they want you to think. Well, yeah, I mean, kind yeah. of. That's like a. That's like a conspiracy all of itself, right? Like, oh, I mean, we all know government sucks and is bad at their jobs, right? So it's like that's almost a whole conspiracy you're peddling, like that, like anti or something. Like it's like, oh, the government's so incompetent. Do you really think they could come up with this? But then if you zoom out, it's like, okay, well, the government isn't the one doing the science. Like you had, you know, like Fauci, who was peddling this idea, but he wasn't doing it. He wasn't making it. The people who are actually making the vaccines are very, very smart, very competent people. You know, I mean, it's not like the government, uh, you know, had their own labs do it. This is like the top private medical people in the country, like, you know, Pfizer, Moderna. Like these are like top people with top budgets. And, you know, then you've got other people like just saying we don't know. But, you know, like Gates is all on board with it. Like, you know, other prominent people are all on board with it. So did they just have like PR stunts? Did they have meetings? Did they say, well, hey, we've had our private team, uh, you know, investigate this for a while. Why don't you work with a couple of our doctors? It doesn't mean computer nerd Gates is in there with a lab coat and like, you know, putting vaccines. But I mean, he's certainly got money to like hire his own private team of specialists. So, I mean, it is not far-fetched at all. Like, if you just want to say the government did it, yeah, there's a better chance they would, like, kill people from incompetence and be like, oh, we didn't realize salmonella was in the shot. Our bad. Oops. Um, shouldn't have been eating my, like, chicken sandwich at work. Um, but the people who actually produce this thing are, like, some of the most competent people on the planet, um, I would say. And the question Steph, go also ahead. – Oh, go ahead, Steph. Hang on, Steph. I, I, need, I, need some, uh, I need some help here, Steph. we got to get – Chris, um, a subscription to something. Maybe we need to buy him the video game. Uh, yeah, he probably would like it, actually. I think that would do it. Uh, no, there's just, with certain things, there's too many loose ends that can all be tied back to the same thing. Like, how come no one is worried about Fauci funding gain-of-function research? Like, this is just not, this is the kind of thing where it's like, this is a fact, Okay. And then the same person who's funding and involved in gain of function research ends up being the spokesperson saying out loud that COVID was not a result of gain of function research. And then when it was, he's like, hey, hey, just kidding. And then he's fired. Like the whole, the whole thing is sketchy. Okay. And his, and his no other explanation. And like the, the puppy dogs with like the sand flies and all that like disgusting crap. And like, you know, the AIDS thing that he like, how many like, 
I don't know this, but is there any like credible number we can assign to how many like gay dudes he killed through his like promotion of like the whole AIDS epidemic? Like when he run that, like was was it like information he kept secret or things he did proactively? I, I don't remember the story about like him with AIDS like thirty years ago or fifty or forty years ago. Wait, who Bill Gates? No, Fauci. Like he oh, was Fauci. he was in charge. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. he got like really famous. Was like you know in the whole like AIDS thing. But either, like, he was being accused of, like, withholding tons of information that could have, like, saved lots of people or proactively doing something to, like, encourage them to have sex uh, so they would get AIDS and he could basically study them. Like, I, for, I forget which thing it was he was being accused of, but it was, it was one of those things. And it was, it was not good. It's like the dude is sketchy. And then I would say I'd question, I'd question an argument about incompetence if for – maybe it's faux incompetence. But the reason I'd say I'd question – you know, actual incompetence, even on the part of the government, is because these various missteps, mishaps, misconceptualizations, miscommunications, you'd expect that if they were going to be those kinds of things, you know, um, you know, maybe sometimes the mistake would fall out for their agenda overall or for their purposes or for their benefit. And maybe sometimes they'd fall out against their benefit, against their agenda, against their purposes. But when they consistently fall out toward what you could easily um, identify as a consistent, uh, inherent purpose that they're trying to further over the course of however many years, decades, whatever the case is, then you have to question if it's incompetence or if it's exactly what they are intending to do and they're doing it in sort of the bumbly way where it just seems like they didn't intend to knock this thing over or intend for this thing to slip through the cracks. Because even for the people who got, now I'm not talking about necessarily the people that we see in front of podiums making announcements, you know, and, and those kinds of things. But I wouldn't say that the people who are, you know, organizing certain military strikes or certain economic shifts, trends, things of that sort, that they are incompetent at what they're doing when they're doing the things that they're doing. Maybe it's exactly the intent that they purposed. Yeah, I don't hey, think they're here, here. competent about Dr. Fauci at all. So can somebody remind me, I had forgotten, who was the one who gave Fauci the Presidential Medal of Freedom? <laughs> ah. Anybody? Anybody want, remember? He wants, he wants to say Trump. But again, okay, anybody okay, remember who on. gave Fauci the presidential medal? Don't bite me. Right? Don't bite. I mean, Trump also was like overseeing development of that vaccine. The vaccine is Trump's baby, to be fair. But, but it's also perfect. Again, you're you're like an if you were an atheist, you'd be making like these like lowbrow like arguments against God, and you'd be like just swatting them down like flies. It's, it's the same kind of thing here. It's like you're like, well, Trump did it. So, again, like Trump is hired as the executive, like, you know, uh, of the country to run the country, right, as the um, commander in chief. So that doesn't mean uh, George Washington or Lincoln or whichever president you like has a medical science degree. What they do is have all these people who are supposed to be those people and they direct them, they advise them, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, you know, Fauci, Burks, all these people, it's like, how is Trump going to, like, check the science? Like, the same way you or I would. We're like, holy crap, I guess we ought to die. So you have to have these, quote, experts who know the science who can check it. So if they fudge the data, if they lie to you, um, 
you're just gonna be like, okay, well, these are the people who, you know, are in charge. The government says, you know, Fauci's been here 50 years. So I guess he's a good guy. So Fauci, what do you think? And then it, you find out later, like, oh, he fudged the data. He took money. He did this. He did that. He, he wanted a book tour. So like for whatever reason, he, or he was incompetent. Like for whatever reason, he gave you bad data and you made your decisions based on that. You can't hold Trump or anyone else responsible for that. They're only as good as their weakest link. Yeah, I, I, so I know a lot about this because I work with members of Congress and a client who try to develop an alternative preventive over-the-counter solution. And so, he's a fed. He's a fed. You are right. No, so, so, no, so Nate, you are right. Um, in the oh, no, he's good. That, that um, Trump did not dig into the science. This was really Mike Pence's project on that side of it. So all accountability on looking at the science and betting all of that really was on Mike Pence's desk. And one of the decisions Mike Pence made that was very stupid was only focusing on vaccines. They really shut down every other alternative that was a preventive or some other solution from getting FDA expedited approval. And that is one of the things that I think was a really bad decision. Second, for the vaccine, to give credit to these people, the vaccine was focused on the initial version of COVID-19, where they lied was how effective it was with all the variants. They gave out the same commercials, pretended it was effective, but they did a good job with the initial COVID-19. They just lied to us about how effective the vaccine was with all the variants. CEO, is that the same group of people that, is that the same group of people that started the, the stuff that then lied or is there like a period of time in between? Because my memory, so my memory is the vaccine begins to be developed summer of 2020, maybe earlier, but at the very least they're publicizing the development of vaccines summer of 2020. So that's, uh, and, and sort of into the fall, but they don't start rolling that out until, and if this, my memory could totally be fudged concerning this. They don't start rolling that out until the next administration is like fully in office and inaugurated. So is that the same group? They started rolling it out different December. So, so they started rolling it out December 2020, and it was in full motion of being rolled out right before Trump left office and then the Biden office. So again, at this point, just to be candid with you, I think that the science was pretty good. When the variants started coming out, they're like, oh, it's still good. Because, you know why? Because they invested billions of dollars into it, right? And so, like, if you've invested billions of dollars into something and done this campaign and said that you have a solution, the last thing you're going to do is admit the truth to people that, like, hey, this isn't really going all the way that we thought it would. That is human nature. And you can say, like, it's malicious, and it is to some degree, but candidly, that is really just human nature. It's what most people in that situation would do. And then there's like, you know, there, there, there's all that you could maybe say it's unforeseen being super charitable, like with the spike proteins and all the other stuff that started happening because of it. You could say, oh, well, you know, somehow it wasn't studied. So, you know, they didn't realize these proteins would latch on and replicate and cause blood clots and all this other stuff. Like, even if you wanted to be generous and forgive them for that oopsie, um, you know, because it was a pandemic or emergency, uh, once you know it, hurry up and tell people. Don't do something like give Pfizer, Pfizer complete immunity no matter what happens. Like, nothing says red flag like that. But this wasn't totally about the vaccine. I'm bored with that now. Um, if people don't know at this point, then, you know, they're 
they get what they want. Um, you know, uh, so, they're, they're so, gonna, so, if they so haven't they, changed their mind at this point, they're probably not going to change. So sorry, Nate. In fairness, they had to give Pfizer and Moderna complete immunity, otherwise they would have never created the vaccine. They and it probably to. would have been better if they would have done what like Sri Lanka and India did. And and what was the other? Was it uh, Moldova or some other like South uh, South American country? And they just like treated everyone to ivermectin because they couldn't afford the vaccines, and they like completely like eradicated it from their provinces. So um, you know that that's one thing that the government fought so hard to make it almost impossible to get like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, like things that other countries tried and did studies and proved was successful because um, it was anti-parasitic and it worked. Um, they fought so hard on that. And you could say for any reason, but you know, money is the most likely one. Like there's no money in it because it's really cheap. Um, that, that would be like one of my biggest problems is if people want to take poison, go take it. If you want to drink bleach, you shouldn't, but you should be free to do it if you want to. Um, so if you want to take some shot that's sketchy and no one knows if it's good or bad, um, you should be free to do that. But if you want to take like, you know, a, a $2 pill um, that other people say is eradicated from their provinces and their countries, you should not be hindered from doing that. Um, anyway, so let's see. Bob, are you still here, Bob? Uh, so, Bob. Nate, uh, just one last thing. So hey, 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 hang, no, no, hang, hey, wait, wait, hang, hang on. Um, I want to address Bob. Bob, I don't want to bring you back up because sometimes, I mean, you know, a good person, I like you, but we can't trust you not to just like go off on a rail about like, nonsense. Uh, you know, Calvinism, Trinity, blah, 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 blah. Like someone made a good point. There is a point where it's like, you know, if we deal with someone so much and their hardness of heart is just preventing them from seeing what we are calling the truth. Um, I, I just don't want to give voice to that. It's not good. So, you know, repent, and believe the gospel, then we could be friends. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to say, you know, take on our, our beliefs just so you can be friends with us. Um, it should be because, you know, you believe it and fall on your face before God and repent. But, um, yeah, even though you're a good person and I like you, yeah, I, I don't want to deal with you about stuff that will inevitably get to religion and you're just saying, like, blasphemous stuff. So I'm sorry, Bob. We have we have contended with you for many a month. Um, so, yeah. But feel free to sit there and listen, though. Uh, what, CEO? Oh, yes, I was going to say, I, I do agree with all your points. The other approach the U.S. government could have taken is what Thailand's government did, where they also, you, you know, relieved the companies of any claims, but they paid claims out themselves. So Thailand ha in vaccinated like 44 million people. There was about 15 or 20,000 people that made claims to the government of vaccine injuries, and Thailand paid those people out anywhere from, I think, 100,000 to a million dollars per claim. That sounds glorious. I mean, you may have like three arms, but sure. <laughs> All right, Steph, what's a new topic? You got anything new? I see you on the Calvinism channel going crazy. Um, with like all these other people, I like look at it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like 36 posts. Like, have you have you not come to a conclusion on Calvinism discussions at this point? I mean, it's been like 500 years. We're not going to settle it on Discord, first of all. Second Wait, of all, I mean... <laughs> I'm not going crazy. I just hit enter a lot. Like instead of writing one paragraph, I'll send five <laughs> messages with one sentence each. So there's that. Uh, third of all, it's really just. Todd. So Todd and Mark have been going back and forth. And then I will chip in and say something. But Todd got into it with Malak the other day about something. I actually wasn't there for it. And then Todd tagged me in the discord to ask what I thought about it. 
but I hadn't heard the exchange. So I was trying to explain to him that I hadn't heard it, but here's what I thought. But he was mad about what Malak had said. So I ended up just sort of like backing down from that. I don't know, man. So maybe, you know, if you read it, it may say 36 messages, but it's not actually anybody going crazy. Well, I I, I just meant the whole discussion. And I know Calvinism has not been settled like in hundreds of years. But I mean, like for for, it seems like you're really interested in like really asking questions. I'm just like, man, I did this for for like a couple months. And I'm just like, all right, I'm out of this discussion. (laughs) But it seems like you're still like very much engaged, like wanting to understand everyone's side. I'm just like. Yes, that tends to be me. I tend to want to understand every side and steel man it. I'm taking a lot of shame arrows on right you, now. Steph. But I, mean, like, you're, you're under, but I mean, you're trying to understand it. Like it will take you 500 years, and you still will be in the thick of it. <laughs> wow. No, that's true. Um, I'm interested in it because Christians that I very much love and trust hold to it, and then I also disagree with it. So rather than living with that cognitive dissonance, I'm working on learning it and steel manning it so that I fully understand where the person is coming from. Chris was in a room last night. Chris and Malak were in a room that J-Man was hosting, and they had an awesome conversation. It was kind of brief. Um, I think that could have been like a four-hour thing, and people would have been really engaged. What was the title? It wasn't on. It wasn't. The replays weren't on because it was just like J-Man opened a social room. It wasn't in a house. Which is a shame because it was a great conversation. Um, Yeah, so like hearing Chris and Malak go back and forth is particularly edifying because both sides understand each other very well and can have the conversation. Uh, So that's the part that I'm interested in is getting to the bottom of it and figuring it out. I don't know if I'm necessarily trying to squash it as much as I want people to understand it, if that makes sense. Future Calvinist right there. I know hey, Chris, that, that I is, uh, no spirit is at her. No, absolutely not. Chris, I did see that you opened the room. I was literally just getting off the app because I just got home after a long day and I saw that you had opened a room, but I wanted to know like what was the the conclusions of I don't know if it was a room you started or if it was just a room you were in, but I saw I saw um uh your your PTR and I was like, aha, there's Chris talking about some Calvinism stuff and I just come out of a Calvinist centered room anyway. <laughs> so I was just like, Meh, okay, um, I'm gonna, if I get in this room, I'm gonna be in there for like another hour, then I'm gonna be in hot water. So let's not, let's, was you know, this use yesterday? Wisdom. Yeah, I believe so. It might have been, yeah. it was yesterday or maybe the day before. I can't remember, but it was recent. And the, 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 the title of the room was Does God Love Everyone? I think, oh. or something like that. Yeah. So yesterday I was in a room. And this is before the thing that Steph is talking about. And there was somebody who has been frequenting Cherry and Sam's rooms who came in to Prashant's room. And so we had a really free, I was driving to go pick up my son. So I had about 45 minutes to kill. So I, uh, I went through a bunch of stuff with the uh, Crimsonite. I don't know if you guys know Crimsonite. Um, and he had some, he had some really good, had some really good points and pushback. And I just kind of walked him through it because a lot of the information that he had been given was untrue or was inaccurate, or maybe he just had said it in an incorrect way. So we just went through in correcting his understanding of a lot of different doctrines that are taught. And it was like really a fruitful discussion because he, he was like, Oh, I never thought of it that way. And Oh, that, okay. That makes more sense. And 
you know, his ultimate problem, and I think the ultimate problem for a lot of people who don't like Calvinism is because you want to, you want to protect the character and nature of God. And one of the big problems that Calvinism has is the problem of evil. And so, you know, the, and this has always been an issue. So, you know, if God is in control of everything, then why is there sin and suffering and death? Um, and so the, the answer that you get from our libertarian free will friends is, you know, they say libertarian free will is why there's bad things that happen. And so that's planting, uh, Alvin planting, it was a philosopher, a Christian philosopher in the 1960s uh, and fifties. Um, and he has what is called the liber he mounts the libertarian free will defense against the problem of evil. And so people really, really like that argument. And so, you know, the, the argument about primary and secondary causes just leaves people a little bit cold. And I think ultimately Crimsonite's big problem was that he just, uh, he, he was trying to protect the character and nature of God any way that he could from the problem of evil. And so the libertarian free will defense seemed like the only avenue to him. And so uh, I was presenting some other ideas um, that he may not have thought about. Gotcha. Man, I don't know, like for all, all this, like, uh, ah, philosophical type stuff about how to defend God. It's like, just think of something that's like remotely reasonable and everything else is a non-issue. So then you can believe what you actually think instead of trying to like, you know, hedge or like, like it's a simulation, right? It's a simulation. A lot of actual scientists think that we are living in a simulation. So sure. Why not? It's a simulation. So all rape, all murder, all dead babies. It's a simulation. It's a lucid dream. God is really testing you. It's all for his glory. God's amazing. This is a big test. There's no pain. There's no suffering. It just really, really seems that way. And after this life, this, this fake life is over, you're going to wake up in heaven or hell. And you're well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. There. It's all a simulation. God is totally fine. There is no, there is no bad stuff happening. Now everyone can believe what they really want. Cool. I mean, that took me like 10 seconds. Like, I mean, it, it's not wrong, right? I don't think there's any theological problems with with that idea. I, I mean, you know, maybe there would be some things you would need, um, like like the death of Christ or something like that. But just like all pain and sorrow is fake. It's just a test. So the death of Christ was just a simulation. No, I said there would be some things that you would want to correct. <laughs> like that. Okay, gay frog, stop it. <laughs> Just, just like if there, just like if there's like life on other planets right they're like oh what if there's other aliens that have souls okay well i don't see how that breaks the bible like christ would have died for them too christ wouldn't have like died here and then went there and died maybe it would have been like a simulcast right like christ would have been two places at the same time uh you know on earth dying for their sins and that would have been you know simultaneously like wormholed into them so they would have had that exact same experience so christ still died for them not twice just the once so, I mean, alien life, if it has a soul, it's covered. Right. Well, or it could just be the same kind of situation we had with sending missionaries to the new world from the old world for 1500 years. People just lived and died without Christ in the old, in the new world. Um, and so if there are space aliens out there that are fallen, then the gospel would still apply to them because it would just be a new missionary effort, just like when we had missionary efforts to, 
the peoples of the new world uh, from Christian. So you're saying if aliens exist and we somehow discover interstellar or interplanetary travel before Jesus comes back and we find aliens, we should tell them about Jesus is the point. 100%. Because we've been given the opportunity to, you know, evangelize. Think about how alien the people in the new world were to people that were coming from, you know, Spain and Portugal. Um, and one of them, I mean, now they were Catholics, so they didn't really have the gospel, but, <laughs> you know, but uh, there, you know, there was, you know, in the 1700s, a huge push from Protestant <laughs> Europe to evangelize um, in the new world. And so that was a, that was, that's where a bunch of the missionary societies got started. Um, John Knox, uh, specifically, and a bunch of other Presbyterians were all about evangelizing the new world. I wonder if then we'd have a bunch of commentaries issued out when the aliens are discovered, where they like begin to reconceptualize the use of the word world in like the Great Commission, where world, you know, maybe they're going to lean more into the cosmos and not cosmos as in the entire planet, but cosmos as in all of creation, all of the universe, go into all the universe making sure. disciples that, that's the all. way it is yeah 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 i like it i mean the semantic range of meaning for world has a bunch of different meanings even though the word cosmos is one the the problem that people run into is the same problem that hebrew israelites run into when they bust out the lexicon and they try to say that a word means a certain thing without taking into account the context and the semantic range of meaning for the word and so you know world in certain senses is you know, the whole globe and all of the people in it and world in certain senses is, you know, the Jews and world in the certain senses um, is the Roman empire and world in a certain sense is Jews and Gentiles. So, I mean, it can be used in multiple different um, meanings, same word, completely different meanings. Uh Oh, wait a minute. Calvinism might be true because there's no. also make this make no, disciple Steph. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. It says, make disciples of all men, right? So if aliens exist, they're not going to be anthropos. They're not going to be humans, which means God, like, didn't love them and didn't die for them, even though they are, like, 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 maybe persons <laughs> with wills and souls. So, oh, snap, maybe Calvinism has a point. You're saying in, like, 800 years, can't... it's going to be God so loved the earthlings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See what, but you see what I mean? Like, the oh, universelings? Snap. Oh, snap. Wait a minute, Chris. Oh, you and Unitarian Universalism because universe. <laughs> that means that dude was ancient aliens. Okay, so like, uh, and I'll, I think this is a non-issue anyway. Like, we're the most, we're, we're the only life that's going to have souls. That's that's it. And then when like, you know, atheists are like, but it's so big, don't you just think? Because it's so big, like so many possibilities. It's so arrogant to think you're the only ones. Um, but under the Christian worldview, if we believe God created everything just for, you know, and created us just for this reason, then no, it's not arrogant. It's like, makes perfect sense why God would not, you know, would not have other life out there or other things with souls out there. So it makes perfect sense. Like if it was truly random and in a vacuum and, you know, it just happened however, then yeah, I get that. There should be lots of other human type things, maybe somewhere out there in other galaxies and other planets. But if it was all created and started in motion by one creator who created us here, then yeah, they're going to be like, oh, well, we don't need to create anything else anywhere else. So we won't. 
So not arrogant. Unlike, so in essence, the aliens would either be creatures where they don't have souls or they have to be humans where they do have souls, but they couldn't be something with souls that's not human. So my husband has this thing. He's like big into reading. Like he reads IFL science and he's like, got I don't know. He's just got this, like that's what he reads for fun. And he's got all this like interest in studying the universe. He, you know, reasons.org. He's like gone through all the articles. Anyway, he has this theory that if aliens ever show up, it's demons. That's like, that is a hill he is willing to die on is if aliens ever appear, he's going to be like, yep, that's demonic. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm with your husband. Yeah. Like, or I, I feds. Think... He says demons are feds. <laughs> <laughs> are they are they mutually exclusive? No. <laughs> um, well, he just said same thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I love and appreciate my federal overlords and they oppress me for my good. So Connie yeah, agrees. That. Connie says if Nate, there's an alien invasion, she's going to think that's demons. I think there's some validity to that argument. I think it's totally what's going to happen. Like 100%. How is this even a question? Like whenever, whenever, when, whenever the governments of the world say we found aliens, we want to introduce them to you. It's demons. <laughs> like I didn't realize we were still questioning that. I don't know. I think I would be a little optimistic about it, but he's not. He's just demons. like, nope, that's demons. That's what that is. The end is nigh. <laughs> that's going to be, that's what that is. <laughs> that's what was being spoken of in Revelations when it talked about the, you know, the, the, the locusts going and destroying everything. It was, it was the alien demons. You know, this is why I don't read Revelation. This right here, I have too much anxiety for this. Why don't you read Revelation, Steph? The Bible, it, it promises you a blessing if you read it. Yeah, I know. So many people tell me that. I can't. I have so much anxiety. I'm like, it's right there in the text. I can't do it. I let Chad visual. read it, and then Chad tells me what it says, and then I get scared anyway. Maybe I should just read it. <laughs> I got a lot of isms, Sean. I can't really explain all of them. You have lots of issues? What? Isms. Oh. Not, not quite issues. Just, you know, just little isms. Just little quirks? Yeah. Some of them have names. Some of them don't. Like, obsessive, <laughs> compulsive, you know. Whatever. Steph, you're telling me you OCD? Your I, name is I, do. I do have that diagnosis, yeah. That's why I think <laughs> it's so funny that Nate has it also. He just pretends he doesn't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Chris, I, I can I can imagine Nate and Chris as feeling something, because I'm more Oscar Madison myself. My wife would tell you that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's nice to hear things some Alexander Stitching Anunnaki conspiracy stuff <laughs> today. I've been laughing all for the past hour. <laughs> I'm just Here's saying. A fact. Conspiracy fact. Hey, Steph, have you tried, honey, to um, just get um, like the Book of Revelations on a CD or uh, or listen to it like when you're in the car? Just listen, because it says in the beginning of Revelations that uh, hearing it gives you the blessing also. And at least it goes in. 
what goes in, the Lord can draw from. I think it's important that you get past this, sister, with the book of Revelations and at least listen to it um, so that it's in there, right? No, 100%. You never went through Revelation or just not I've read parts of it. I have not sat down and said like, excuse me. I have not sat down and said I'm going to, is this some kind of sign from the Lord? All right. I have not sat down and said, I'm just going to read through revelations. That is terrifying. And the idea of putting it on an audio book in my car, Connie, have you ever had a panic attack while you're driving? I mean, oh, it happens to me like all the time, but uh, you know, it's not fun. So I'm just going to put out there that that is probably not a great, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. This is more like uh, I would have to have all the lights on. It has to be bright and happy. I have to have happy music and then maybe I'll sit down and read revelation. <laughs> That's terrifying stuff because here's the thing, right? Is that I know that book is truth. So when I read about the locusts coming and destroying everything and we're now like, maybe that's aliens, that is something that is going to give me nightmares for weeks. So maybe it is a lack of faith that I don't believe that the Lord would give me peace about it. I don't know. Maybe I have to think about that one. I don't know. I've always read it with the feeling that God has, in the Bible, I've never seen God... um, uh, unleash his fury like he always rescues people like out of Sodom and Gomorrah so I I would expect my heavenly father to show up I don't really um, understand the book of revelations although I'm halfway through it um, this is about my fourth time in my doing it on my own but I have listened to other people teach it which I don't I don't advertise that. I think it's best just to read it yourself and let the Lord draw out whatever he wants. One time I had somebody read me the whole book of um, John. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. We were, we were under the influence of um, LSD, but it went in. It went in and God drew on that for a while until he brought me to, to, to him. So I just believe in the whole, in the word of God going in and letting it do its work and not worrying about what all those things mean and the timeline and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if that's helpful or not. Well, Steph, let me share a link over here. It's in the chat. So I, I've heard a lot of pastors talk about Revelation. Um, my, my old church in Colorado, like this is a really, really good one. It's 33 parts. So the guy took 33 weeks to go through the uh, 36, maybe he took, there's a lot of parts to this. So he took like 33 or 30 something weeks to go through the entire book of revelation, um, like verse by verse and just break everything down. I think that is the best, uh, series I've ever set through. So if you want anyone check the link over in the chat there and, um, it's from radiantchurch.org. It's called end revealed. If you're not clicking on the link, if you're just listening, but uh yeah so there you go charles what's up charles hey guys i just joined the discord server i didn't even know y'all had a discord server welcome thanks anything on your mind no not right now i got i'm on an eschatology panel tonight but uh on sft's channel but uh not really going to be able to prepare so that's not the main area that i usually focus in i you know i usually focus on free grace but i need practice in other areas so 
decided it, it doesn't hurt to work on my weaknesses, you know? Chris's area is free grace, too. I think you guys have a lot in common. Who? Chris up there. Is he still on the phone? Um, I'm here. Yeah, so, yeah, Charles, I think your weakest area is free grace, so you should probably work on that a little more. <laughs> I, 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 thought I thought you were only you. asking questions. I thought it was you, Chris. I wasn't sure. It, it had to, you have the, uh, what's his name from Futurama? Uh, so I wasn't sure. I got the vendor. Yeah. I just yeah, used my inner yeah. robot to make stuff happy. <laughs> Bender's my favorite character. Bender's everyone's favorite character. I have not watched one episode of Futurama. It's pretty I funny. It's, I think I watched a couple and it's not my thing. I'm almost uh, finished with my uh, dispensationalism class. I'm still working on my paper. Oh yeah, what's your what's your thesis? Uh, it's a uh, biblical codeism. That's what I'm. I'm renaming dispensationalism, sort of like how Doctor Reluctant does with his, you know, uh, what's he call it? Biblical covenantalism, but. The reason I'm using codism because I think there are times whenever a code is in operation that isn't exactly uh, an explicit covenant. So what that allows me to do is that allows me to cover progressive revelation during transitional periods of time. So um, it, it it's experimental, you know. But you got to write about something in seminary, so I uh, picked that. Lou, what's up? Long Charles, you are bringing back you're doing good down there, Lou. What? I said you're bringing back old nightmares. I'm bringing back old nightmares? Yeah, up all night writing this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ain't no new thinkers for that. <laughs> Steph, are you going to no read that? Uh, you, you're going to listen to that series? Be honest. No. Yes, I will. Thank you. That is uh, perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, and also I posted uh, one by Bodie Bauckham. So Bodie Bauckham has a, I think it's 65-part series on Revelation. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to find one now that's 70-part series. i got to stop trying to be funny. I think you're funny. Oh, thank you. I do. Lou! What's up, Lou? Did you come up here just to I not speak? I think that was funny. <laughs> no. How you been? It's been a little while. Good, yeah, yeah. I'm good. Chilling. How you guys doing? Just, I've just been creeping, just listening to people. Uh, what does baptism by the Holy Ghost and fire mean? You want that, Lou? Who wants it? I could take it. Then y'all could tell no me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I have no idea what you're going to say, but I guess give, go ahead. 
Well, I'm assuming that he's probably talking about one of the quotes from the Gospels. So baptism with the Holy Spirit is distinct from baptism with fire. Baptism with fire will be related to judgment. Baptism with the, uh, with the Holy Spirit is probably better described as baptism by means of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit places us in the body of Christ. I believe that the body of Christ began in Acts chapter 2. Now, whenever a person believes the gospel, they are retroactively placed into the body of Christ at that time. I'm going to say, I think I disagree with that. I'm looking for an actual verse that says something like, baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Like, I, I'm, hang on, give me a minute. I'm looking for the actual verse. Yeah, Matthew I think it's three. Matthew 3 or something. It's a judgment uh, passage. What does Chris say? Does Chris say? What does the Chris say? All right, Matthew well, that's the one to be. It says, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He, Christ, is the one who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, you caught me in my transition phase, but I'm back. Sounds like something Gay Frog would say. I was yeah. just about to say that. <laughs> transition phase. Now I was, I was dropping my father-in-law off um, to adult daycare that I can go see clients. Um, so, yeah, so I would agree with Charles on this one. Um, the idea of baptism by, of the Holy Spirit and by fire is both the um, adding of the number uh, to the church uh, and fire is the winnowing fork. It is the, uh, the judgment of the unbeliever. Um, and so that is what that means. Now, obviously, we get another reference to fire in Acts chapter 2 um, or Acts chapter 1. Uh, when the tongues as if fire appeared over the heads of the apostles, uh, when the Holy Spirit came um, to begin the church age. Um, I know that's going to make Charles very happy. Um, and so, you know, the, the idea here is not that John the Baptist was speaking of that particular day in Pentecost with the fire. Um, fire is always a sign of judgment. And actually in Pentecost, uh, fire was also a sign of judgment because this was, again, the winnowing fork. This was the separation of um, righteous uh, church from Israel. Because, again, the, the gift of tongues was, uh, according to Isaiah, a judgment on the children of Israel. But how can that verse be a verse about judgment, though? Because if it was about judgment, it should read like, you know, he will baptize you with, with the Holy Ghost or fire. Like when it's when it's like the Holy Ghost and fire, it makes it sound like you know fire is synonymous with the Holy Ghost in some way. Um, so how do you how do you get judgment with and? Like if it was it's judgment, just, it's it just the or. way that it's, it's just the way that the, the writing style is. It's not it's not an or, you know, it's not a bat, baptism with the Holy Spirit or fire. It's just a, a method, of, just a way of saying it. Like he's going to come and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and he's going to judge you. Like he's talking to the entire you. This is the semantic range of meaning of the word you. 
So it means a group of believers and unbelievers. The believers will get the Holy Spirit. The unbelievers will get fire. Yeah, I agree with Chris. Um, if you keep reading on the bottom, I, I'm not. I don't have a Bible, but I, it gives it away. Like at the end, of sounds it. like something someone about to be baptized in fire would say. Or Just going to go on. Nothing. He said you don't have a Bible. Yeah, I'm trying to be funny. I'm sorry, Lou. Please finish your holy statement. All right, I'm done. <laughs> no, no, no. You were saying something. Go ahead and say. You're saying I you don't have a Bible, but. I agree with Chris. And I stopped my face. <laughs> okay, everyone agrees. All right. I guess there's your answer, Platinum. Everyone's no, happy. I can add a oh, little Sean, more oh, if you want. Oh, hang on. Uh, before you do, it sounds like Sean's not happy. No, I'm not happy because it, when it says and, and does not give you a conjunction of either or. And says it's also with. All right? Right here. So... It does not say or, it says and. And then John the Baptist is actually giving a prophecy of what Jesus will do. Right, so, this, but the antecedent uh, grammar, Sean, so when you're looking at the antecedent uh, grammar, the I, antecedent I, I, grammar I is about you. I don't go through that. Hold on, Chris. I interrupt you. Thank you. See, when I look at this, this scriptures in Luke, and in Matthew, John the Baptist is very clear that who is the one doing the baptism. And it is Jesus Christ himself. So either Jesus is doing it or he's not. Well, he is. And, and it's clear that Jesus is. That's so, the doctrine of procession. Jesus and the Father hey, wait, wait, send the on, Spirit. Hang on. Wait, wait. Oh, let, let Sean finish. Like Everyone seems to agree except Sean, so give the guy a minute to get it out. Go ahead, Sean. Thank you. Uh, so we are agreeing that it's Jesus that is doing it. I hear that. But the key, the word there is and. And is not or. So we cannot put a difference between and fire or or fire, like Nate said earlier. So that is my disagreement there. When I read about the Baptist, fire is not only judgment. Fire is actually cleansing Fire cleanses as well. Fire is not always judgment. Fire is also cleansing. Is used for in terms of like cleansing the, the body. Fire. So, yes. So let me clarify some things. All right. If I, it, I don't know. I don't have the Greek text in front of me, but most likely we're dealing with Kai. And Kai, it's possible yeah. that it could be baptism, even fire, but I wouldn't go that route there. Um, but and means something in addition, two things. Where or is you can have one thing or another. It's an alternative. But actually what I think it's two different phases. I think uh, that it's referring to either new covenant blessings, the beginning of the church, as well as temporal judgment. Now, as a dispensationalist, I would say that the church did not exist when that passage was mentioned. And therefore it cannot be talking about the church. And then so when we get to Acts 2, we do see the fire that is on them. We do see the connection with the judgment of Isaiah 28, the invading of the tongues. And we do see the prophecy about uh, the outpouring of the Spirit from Joel, uh, something similar going on. But we also see the other stuff related to the tribulation 
with the sun turning to uh, darkness and blood or whatever that is there. So you do have the judgment imagery in the passage. Furthermore, if you go from like Malachi, where it talks about when Christ comes back, about the fire and and all of that. And so what you have is when you're talking about whether the beginning of the church or during the tribulation, uh, you have an outpouring of the spirit, but you also have an outpouring of judgment at the same time. So it makes sense that they're linked together. But I do think that this is a, a, a distinguishing between two maybe phases where the outpouring of the spirit, which would I would say from Acts 2 forward, and then the judgment would be relating to uh, the time of Jacob's trouble, 70 AD. I mean, not, not necessarily 7 AD. I'm talking about during the tribulation, but 70 AD foreshadowed some of that. And as you get right. deeper the into the context, the word is Kai. Yeah, it is Kai. But when you get deeper into the context, it is a judgment. So, like, John the Baptist himself says it is a judgment. So, I mean, there's no there's no ambiguity that this is talking about some kind of gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I just don't think that's the case in the passage. I, I don't know of any commentator who says that that's the case. Um, I think pretty this is pretty cut and dry. Yeah, um... There are some, but I'm I'm uh, always I always I always put more uh thing in what the scripture says than I do what a commentator says because sometimes a commentator puts his own spin on what the scripture is saying. Hey, hey Apostle, can you read verse twelve and tell me what that's about? Uh, you might have to uh, give him the actual passage. So we were talking about two different passages, Lou. Oh, and, wh- and while you're turning the net, I just want to mention that in the Old Testament prophecies, you always have this message of comfort and judgment, you know, depending on how the people respond. And so it could still be a message of judgment that includes the uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, it just depends on how the people respond. Three twelve, Matthew three twelve. In relation to the topic we're talking about, can you, can somebody go ahead and read it? Because I'm driving. Me too. I'm reading. It. I got it. It says, "John answered, and, I'm, and Chris, you love this. I'm reading out the LSB. John answered and saying to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one that's coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie." The strap of his sandals, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Chaff is what always is a chaff is always a symbol of sin. Those who who do not receive the gospel will burn in fire. Yes. Yeah, no that's all we're saying. Right. Okay, yeah, but so, there's so also because, another version of fire. Fire also was talked about cleansing as well. So, well, so, so when we say cleansing, we have to be real careful. The only the only reference we have to a cleansing fire is going to be um, is going to be in um, the judgment seat of Christ, right? So it says that some will will come through the judgment seat of Christ with the smell of smoke on their clothes. You know the passage I'm referring. Yeah, I, I know you know the passage I'm referring to, Sean. So, 
it's not that the fire actually refines them um, because you're 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 made perfect in Christ, right? It's that your good works, um, because of your motives, your good works will be burnt up. And so it's not that it's a refining fire. It's simply that it is um, that your motives are going to determine your rewards. Um, as the I same thing that Jesus. That up what you're saying in one sentence: only what you do with Christ. For Christ will last. Correct. Yes, yes. And that's what the point of the judgment seat of Christ is about, right? And so that we cast our crowns at his feet. Um, he has done certain things through us uh, that we have the, uh, the um, we get to participate in what he's already doing. Um, you know, and then the only other judgment, or I'm sorry, the only other reference to fire is going to be uh, judgment based. And the fact that it's not a refining fire, but it's a consuming fire. And that's going to be in Hebrews 12. Our God is a consuming fire. Um, and, and to that, be consumed. Now that is referring to judgment there. Correct. Yeah. I, I, so, agree, I agree with you and, there. That does that right there with that scripture is referring to ju- the judgment of God. Because yeah. guess what? That's when you get to the, the very last stop. Hell to hold himself. Then you get to the lake of fire. That's the last stop. 100%. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So. Okay, so that's 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 what that's the difference. Sometimes so, so even the fire of the Holy fire, Spirit. To, oh, sorry. When you're dealing with re- re- refining fire, you're talking about the cleansing, right? like when the Holy Spirit purges you of your sins. All right, or you're dealing with judgmental fire, which obviously, which is obviously that means you're going, you got the choice, heaven or hell. <laughs> The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. All right. Mm-hmm. I think you go with this heaven because it is kind of fat. All right. right. And that's I think my... that's what the thing. You can go with fire or you can go with the, the um, being baptized with the fire or the spirit. You choose. What's that like? Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think that. I think that. that I, yeah. I think that we're we've successfully come past talking past each other. So like, I think that what we're talking about here is that. You know, the, even in, in, in Acts chapter 2, right, in the upper room, when we get, um, you know, the tongues of fire, um, the tongues of fire are a sign of judgment on Israel, like Charles was saying to uh, Isaiah 28. So the, the idea of Isaiah 28 is that the, the Jews, um, the Israelites had fallen so far that they will be judged in other languages. And so the languages in um, the day of Pentecost were foreign languages that were being laid out as tongues to condemn the Israelites. Um, that is the that's the specific intertextuality of um, of Acts chapter one and two that I think that the apostles would have had more on their mind rather than some new work of God. Remember, God doesn't do new works; He's always the same. He revealed those works in Isaiah 28. Does that make um, sense? Here's another thing, too. Like, uh, it has quotations, like, at the beginning and at the end. So everything there is together. You can't separate it. Does your uh, Bible have it like that way, Chris? Yeah. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So LSB. Yeah. Sean and I have been reading the LSB. Um, it's really good. If you guys are looking for a good Bible version, I really recommend the LSB because it puts Yahweh back. It's really neat and in the Old Testament. How many changes did they make? It's basically the NASB 95 just with Yahweh, or what other stuff did they do? So there, there was a whole translation committee, and there was a whole bunch of people on it. And so here's the thing is that with modern translations, what we have to understand is that there is a corpus of existing English translation that people will use for the verses that are not in contention. So like, there's no reason to re it's, it's an idea of there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. And so most English translations will use the, the corpus of, of English that we already have for like verses that no one um, is disputing. And then what they'll do is they'll take the 1500 verses or so um, that are out there that people will dispute their meanings or dispute the grammar or whatever else. And then they'll directly translate those. And so the, the work of translation for a translation committee for almost all modern English versions, is true the ESV, the NASB, all of that, they use a base English translation from back in the day. And this um, is legacy standard Bible, correct? Yeah, this is legacy standard Bible. So they did re, they did re, um, you know, retranslate the 1500 or so verses that everyone, you know, seems to have an issue with, um, you know, and then, and then they would just grab large portions of, you know, the work of other translators over the years um, and then modify those where there may be a problem. They do review the verses. It's not like they're just copying and pasting. So they are reviewing the verses, but when there's nobody who has on the translation committee who has a dispute about any particular translation of one of those non-problematic verses then they just sign off on it they're like okay cool let's let's edit it for style for the english style that we're writing in and just call it a day and, and so, so that's like, how there... most english translations are made and it does like... so happen that the translation committee for the lsb was all calvinist so keep that in mind no, well, yeah, no, I was about to ask, like, is there, is there, I was about to ask, like, do you know how many people were on the committee and like, if we can find backgrounds on them or, is it like, is it like NIV had a bunch of Catholic translators, for example? <laughs> right. So NIV is a, is, is a different kind of animal, right? It's a, it's what we call a dynamic translation. Well, go back so to the Catholic thing. A, or the right. It's thing. a thought for thought. So like. <laughs> So like what, you know, the LSB was from a few different seminaries that had linguists. Um, but you can look into the background of almost all of those people. It, to be honest, guys, like up to about a hundred years ago, almost everyone who was educated in Greek and Hebrew was a Calvinist. Like there just weren't a lot of like actually educated Americans that what? were not Calvinists. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, true. Hey, can, can, Chris, um, can... Um, uh, sorry, uh, what was I going to say? Chris, um, so since this is like apparently Calvinist heavy would not be disputed, um, do they stay true to like, you know, the NASB 90, 95 or whatever version, how that has all the scriptures Arminians would use to, you know, talk about free will and stuff like that? Um, yeah. Or was that some of the 1500 verses that they maybe changed a little bit? Like, well, or are they no exactly one... how they were? No, no, they're okay. exactly how there they were. There are some weird differences because Todd and I were comparing. So we found a verse where, and I forget which one it was, um, but it says that it's Christ talking and it says something about like those people who were drawn, or I don't know if it was drawn, but those people 
will be saved in the LSB and every other translation says have been saved. Like literally every other translation says have been and the LSB says will be. And so there right. are a few like that that sort of raise So there are a few language. like that because what happens is translation committees are trying to be as graceful as possible. And there are, there are traditional English translations of certain verses um, to accommodate um, Arminian friends. And so the LSB is just like, we're going to go with the actual Greek here. We're not going to make concessions um, to change the language from the original language. Okay, that, wait, that would be the, that would would be the argument Bible, that they would make. Why would every because Bible, there's Arminians, including the Dewey Reams, say have been, and the LSB is the only one that says will be. It's not like every other so Bible translation. The Dewey, the Dewey Reams, the Dewey Reams is a Catholic. It's okay. You don't need to go down that rabbit hole. I'm saying that like it's also a very early translation, right? So why would every no. It's the translated Reims from the Latin. predates the King James. Okay, right. Right. The so, Dewey Reims was translated from the point. Latin and not from the original language. That's fine. The Dewey Reims is one of the worst translations out Hold there. Hold on. Stay, stay focused. We're not talking about Catholics. Why would every translation, regardless of date or uh, translation team, say have been, and the LSB says will be? That just so, makes me so a little again, nervous. So again, you, without knowing Greek, either of us, we're going to have to go with the translator notes. And if you can point out a specific verse, then what we can do is make a chart. I love, you know, I love making charts. We can make a chart of every translation that we're talking about and how they render it. And then we can actually like lay out the Greek and then have Antonus tell us which one it is. I mean, because that's leave a Antonus over every Bible translation that's been done across various motives. Because you can go talk and... to Antonus. <laughs> I mean that's fine. Antonis like, speaks Greek, right? But so like yeah. why would our because that's like, a start the implication right? like, has been and will be are two very different meanings, right? Has been exactly. will be okay. So then yeah. the idea that every translation uses has been except one that uses will be means I'm gonna toss the one. I mean I right. use the ESV. I, I'm not against using Calvinist translations. That's been my go-to for years, but the LSB the has like issues. Calvinist. Well, now that the, the LSB, LSB is does out, not the have issues Calvinist. in terms of like, like, here's the thing: is like what we have to understand is when we're dealing with Bible translations, I could care less what the English rendering is. If there's a question what the English rendering is, then I'm going to go back to the Greek and use the tools that I can use to go back to the Greek and look at it. It's just like the idea of the word "drawn" in John six forty four. That word "drawn" is there because it's a tra it's a traditional word to use. And it makes Arminians feel better, okay? But the actual Greek word is dragged. Like that, there's no question no, what it's that not. actual Greek what is, word okay, is. Hold on. What is with this suddenly happening on Clubhouse over the past two weeks? That word is not dragged unless you're also going to say that we drag God close to us. That's well, not yeah, I mean, again, like here's Touché. the thing is like, what I, all I'm trying to tell you is that that word is dragged in the Greek when it's rendered in that certain way. When you ask any native Greek speaker, they're going to say dragged because so it's the same the word also, also drag God close to you. Well, the Bible also, Unwillingly so again, there's kicking a semantic. No, 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 that's not, wait, no question. Like, again, so we're, you're, you're pouring meaning into drag that isn't there. Um, so the, we're talking about two verses though, right? Like one is talking about like, you know, no one can come, draw close to God or, or we're talking about two verses right one is if you draw close to God he yeah. will draw close to you 
but the other verse we're talking about is like no one can come to God unless the yes. Holy Spirit like draws them. So yes. is draw in that verse the same the same word and the same meaning as yes. the other verse? It's the exact same word. So that, well, not the a, same meaning, good, right? Like, like the context. But that's the same word. Same word, yeah. Because I mean, that's so. That's so there's also point. where Paul gets dragged off by the Roman guards. That's yeah. the exact same word as well. So Paul gets dragged off, and every other rendering of but that word say drawn. throughout the Greek New Testament, yes. yeah, it doesn't say drawn when Paul gets dragged off by the Roman guards. It says okay. it's so dragged. The thing is, then you have to make a choice as the reader. No one can come to the Father unless they are dragged, or unless they are drawn, or unless they are enticed or invited. Like we could go through all of the definitions, right? So right. then you enticed have to enticed and make... invited are nowhere in the semantic. Range okay, so order. anyway. You have to make a decision when you're reading to see where you're going to arrive at. So what the LSB does is it makes the decision for you. I'm not saying it's a bad Bible. No, hold on. I'm going to shut up because I have to blow dry my hair. I am not saying it's a bad Bible translation. I'm saying as you are reading it, keep in mind that it disagrees with most other Bible translations on verses like that. It makes that that distinction for you. Sure. And and the reason for that, again, is because a lot of other Bible translations are making compromises to make people feel better. And the LSB wow. is supposed to be the most literal translation in English that we have. No, that's not the case. It's not the most literal. Okay, so hold on. The so the Berean that, wait, literal wait. Bible is the most literal because the gra it doesn't support grammar. So like, the is claim it that all other translations we're trying to make Arminians happy is crazy because the Dewey Rams existed before the Ramat, like that, or Oh my gosh, the Dewey Rams like, is listen, based on Latin and not on the original languages. It's not even a translation. That. I understand. It's a paraphrase. That. I know you hate it because it's Catholic. Listen, the I don't point hate it is it's Catholic. I hate it because it's not a translation. It is a paraphrase like the message. That's all right. It is okay, a paraphrase so just like the message or the living Bible. I'm not it is not in that. the same Fine. category as a translation. It's just what not. I'm it's not even is in that the to say the claim that every Bible translation was trying to coddle Arminians except the LSB is an insane claim. That's crazy. Something a gay frog could say. I have a question. Yes. Okay. Chris. Okay, so I know we're talking about drawn and dragged, but I'm not clear on what the LSB actually says. So where all the other rivals say drawn, are you saying it doesn't just mean dragged? The LSB actually changed the word to dragged? Is that correct? No, no, no. It, it uses the word drawn. So it still says drawn. Okay, yeah. carry on. Yeah, because again, that has, been the, that has been the traditional English variation of that for hundreds of years, and no one's going to go about changing it just over a silly argument about Calvinism. Oh, so, I mean, like, it's just, what? it's not worth it. Wait, I'm remembering, it, do you remember Todd's PTR that had the thing about how Christ wasn't praying for other people? That's how we discovered this discrepancy in the LSB. Where is that? John 17, that Christ doesn't pray for people who aren't elect. Hold on. I'll find this and we can come back to this and look at it specifically. While she's looking that up, um, at the expense of her hair not getting dried, um, Chris, why is this the first translation to ever put Yahweh in all the places Yahweh is put? Like, why did no other translation bother to do this? Well, because Calvinists are so smart. No, it's because it's because of something called um, uh, sacra sacranama. Um, sacranama just means sacred name, and so it has been the tradition for most of church history to try to use abbreviations or other things for the name of God in in deference and honor to God. 
Um, and, and that was done, that was done in like the second century. Like that was very early. That was a thing. And so if you look at Greek manuscripts from the second century, you're a lot of times going to see abbreviations for the name of God. And they even started abbreviating the name of Jesus sometimes. Um, so where, because they, they were afraid uh, to use the sacred name. So where do they, um, in the LSB, like how, how, um, how fast and loose are they with Yahweh? So like, for example, um, is it only where it's like the proper name or when it's like the angel of the Lord clearly meaning Jesus, is that a Yahweh or do they leave that one as angel of the Lord? No, they left it as the angel of the Lord. So like when they say, when it says Yahweh, they're using the tetragrammaton and they're just translating the right. tetragrammaton. That's all. They should have just did YH, whatever, um, you know, just the letters but, yeah. without spelling it out. <laughs> they should have just done yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's just easier to read. I mean, so, like, the reason I love the LSB, it has nothing to do with Calvinism. I, I mean, I... Okay. I re- <laughs> I, it, does, it, has, it literally has nothing to do with Calvinism. It's because in the Old Testament, the rendering of, um, you know, of Yahweh is just so much more instructional because you'll get, you know, the Lord God Yahweh. You know, and it's like, well, there's three different words being used there. And so it makes it much more clear which words are being used in, and, the, in the Hebrew. And why did they pick you guys, the 90, 90? You guys give me a drag oh, verse so I can look at it. Yeah, does anyone have the dragged verse? The, the what? Both dragged verses or both, both of those verses, right? Well, the there's, where, there's um, tons of dragged verses. It, yeah, the, I mean, the, so the, ones, the, ones, John where, the ones where uh, yeah, John 644. Which yeah. one is that? That's direct. So no one can come to the Father unless the, or no one can come to the Son unless the Father draws him. So, okay, and then for good measure, and then for good measure, could you, and then for good measure, could you also, I quit. Go ahead. So he has OCD. Speaketh, Lou. I quit. You can't quit. I was just trying to help you out, Lou. I was going to say, for good measure, can you also give him the verse that says, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you? I was just, I was just trying to give you some more information, Lou. Go ahead. Go sure. ahead and, say. and then also grab the one in Acts where Paul gets dragged away. Um, Please speak, arrested. Lou. I need to hear you. You get cut off like four times. Please speak. I'm sorry, Boo. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Hug you later. Um, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. Something about the drag. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Chris. Context always supersedes, supersedes uh, wordage, right? Yes, in semantic range, context always yeah. tells you the meaning okay. of words. Indeed. Yep. And that's why I don't see it that way. All right. That's all. Right. And so that's why I would see it that way is John six thirty five through 45 is literally all five of the doctrines of grace laid out by Jesus himself. And Ew, so we have no, something... <laughs> Oh, it absolutely is. If you would like to take the 10-verse challenge with Matt Yester, you can do so. There are it's a game show. reasons why I wouldn't do that, but I would love to hear Matt Yester exegete it and then hear that refuted. I'm not going to engage in like weird so, conversation so here's the with thing. Matt. What I just here's heard is thing, Jesus is, is a Calvinist. Yeah, yeah that's what they tend to, yes. Um, so, so Jesus absolutely is Calvinist. Um, so the... So the 10 verse challenge is this, and this is actually came about with James White, is that he challenged any Arminian teacher, Leighton Flowers, all these guys, to go through the 10 verses in John and exegete it in the same method and manner that they exegete the rest of the scripture. And literally to a man, every single Arminian scholar has failed the 10 verse Um. challenge. They have to change their hermeneutical model in order for them to interpret 
John 6, 35 through 45 is anything other than the doctrines of grace. They Except just that Malak failed. did it the other day in Clubhouse Live. So I'm sure right. that's he not did it and he failed. He did it and he failed right. because the, the failure was that he had to change his hermeneutical model in order to do that. So the problem that he had is that he said the Wesleyan idea is this is to the children of Israel and not to all believers. But then if you take John 3, John 8, John 10, John 12, John 14, John 17, these are not just to the children of Israel. So he changed his hermeneutical model to fit his pre-drawn conclusions. Right. So the no, reason you do that is so no, because when you're reading in the context and Jesus is talking to different groups of people, you're not changing your hermeneutical model. You're using your higher reasoning to figure out, hmm, who would Christ be talking to? That would make this phrase different than like if I tell my child, go to the bathroom, and then I tell my boss, go to the bathroom. These are two very different meanings that I probably have. Like, th this is not mm -hmm. rocket science. Like, that's right. not it's not. So John that's 3, common sense. who was Jesus speaking to in John 3? I don't um, know. I don't have it up. I'm prepared to go through the LSD variation <laughs> in John 7. Okay. Hang All on. Right, real, so, real fast. Well, real fast before, because Sam wants to get in, and that's probably going to go a certain way. Chris, can you answer a couple of peripheral questions real fast, um, quickly? So, yeah, because I only have, like, they, I'm pulling up for my client right now, so I have, like, two more minutes. Well, they can wait. Okay, so, uh, one, why, why did, uh, can you send, can you send me that 10, 10 challenge thing, like, where the website is? I'd like to look through it myself. Could you just, like, send that to me in text, or, or put it here in chat for anyone? I'm curious about what that is. I'd like to look through it. Also, why did they ch uh, pick the 95 NASB instead of the, the newer one? I f you g gave the reason before, but I forgot why. The newer one had a bunch of pagans that were changing the translation. Like like um, literal, okay. like actual like tree-worshipping pagans were on the translation committee for the, the latest. And so what are like the NASB? biggest things they changed? Like, I mean, obviously Jesus is still God. So like, what are the big influences? I, I would have to look up specifically in the 2020 NASB what the problems were, but there's whole websites out there that lay out the problems okay. in the 2020 NASB. Okay, Sam was trying. Oh, Sam! Where'd you oh, go, Sam? Sam? Wait a minute. I was going to let you talk to Chris. Listen, saying that pagans translated the Bible is a little inaccurate when what you mean is that secular scholarship on linguistics was used. That's like. That's like asking Dr. Bowen what a word means and then being like, oh, an atheist translated the Bible. Right. Well, I mean, I'm talking literally like people from churches with Christian Wiccans and stuff. Like when I say pagans, like I'm not exaggerating or being hyperbolic. I'm saying people who actually worship trees were on that translation committee. So like if you look at uh, Union um, <sighs> Seminary in New York, like they actually have tree worshiping pagans and have worship services to trees and some of those people were on the translation yeah, yeah. What committee. What were they doing that. on the translation committee? Did they have qualifications that made that? Like, again, this is the same as me asking Dr. Josh Bowen, what does this phrase mean? And he is a God-hating atheist. And I still right. could ask him what that means. And now if his name appears in the credits because he has degrees on linguistics in the ancient Near East, that's not the same as having Dr. Josh Bowen tell you what scripture means. I mean, for the right, record, so, I only want Christians translating my Bible. Thank you very much. Right. Well, okay, so yeah. the problem with that is that if you limit it to only Christian scholarship, this is the same problem when you're studying history. If you listen to limit to only Christian scientists, only Christian anthropology, like all truth is God's truth. You can't just throw out atheist Wow, sounds like something a pagan Wiccan would say. Oh, my goodness.
Yeah. The Bible would stand up to secular scrutiny as it has throughout all of history, right? So you can't toss atheist anthropology. But but it's not standing up to secular scrutiny. It's It's a thing of like words. So, you know, I mean, I want people who, you know, presumably are led by the Holy Spirit, you know, to to help us figure out the English translation of this rather than someone's like, I have a thousand degrees. And, you know, this these two words together really mean this versus someone who's like versus someone who's remotely led by the Holy Spirit of God, who's like, well, for some reason, all of these Christian people think these two words. It's not just like it has to be this. It's like it can be this. But the consensus of the Christians are, even though it could be either, we, as a consensus, think it should be this because this more accurately reflects this, you know, the the meaning or whatever. When the pagan is like, it must be this, and they're like, well, it could be that, but it can just as well be this. Anyway, I'm just saying, like, I th- I do believe, you know, God preserves His word, and I just want my Bible from a Christian. Jesus, no, like, I agree. I don't, I don't that. want. That's why I don't want my on the committee. Right. Well, no, so not only atheists should translate. I'm saying so, that no, you have like a, par- like a personal reason. preference. I just want none of it. Like I just want Christians. Just like if I have a doctor for a broken bone, I want to go to an actual doctor with like medical degrees, not a shaman. Right. I mean, why right. can't a shaman do it? A shaman should be on the medical board. Would you I mean, only you know, ever see a Christian surgeon? Because that would seriously limit. That is not the same thing. That's not That actually is the same. Okay, no, it, it can't. It cannot be the same. One is dealing with like spiritual issues with secular people don't even believe in. The other is like the Christian and secular person both believe in like a, a, a physical bone they can mend back together. So it's like, sure, like I'll let Jamesy probably put my toe in a splint, and you know he's like, well, it's a toe. I can see it. I can. It's empirical. It's right in front of me. I can test it. I can move it. I'm like, ow! Don't move it. He's like, oh well, it's broken. So he's like, you know, I worship the dark one. Not really. You don't believe in a uh, theistic Satan. But, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm in the Church of Satan. I'm like, great, can I have a Band-Aid? Um, versus if someone's, like, wanting to translate my Bible who doesn't even believe in the spiritual realm, that's a different category. Yeah, so right. if they come out with a Bible translation that the entire committee, or even most of them, were atheist pagan worshipers, I probably wouldn't read that Bible, right? If we're saying that there are people appearing in that's the credits the on the translation committee, that the RSV, so until, like, five minutes ago, the you know what, I'm not gonna I'm not going to take the bait. The point is, you can't, boy, it is really hard to leave that juicy worm over there, but I'm just going to leave it. The point is that in anything we do, right, God preserves his word. God will defend, like, God does not need human beings to defend this. If we have someone with a college degree who has specialization in, you know, archaeology and can add some context that doesn't conflict with the text, then it is foolish to not take it. Fauci has a Fauci has a medical degree. Who wants to trust him for being a doctor anymore? Yeah, that's fine. If I needed Fauci for something, he still has a medical degree. Like this is the thing you can't you can't say that because an atheist janitor was cleaning the room that the translators were using. Now you're not gonna. Hey, I got I got to go. I got to go open my room. So where's this link at? Because I want to refute Calvinist foolishness all day. So who, who, Sam, you got to actually understand where, the doctrine. You have to actually <laughs> talk to me. So what I'm asking is, is can we get the link so that this foolishness can be put down? Because if you don't change the text, Jesus never says anything that is Calvinistic. That's hilarious. Jesus, yeah. So, so again, Jesus I, will, I will go ahead. And, I will go ahead and post Calvin, the, the link. Calvin. Um, Put the link. Put the link up there, please. I will. I will go ahead and post the link if I can please find post. it. So, 
Okay. I only have like 30. I'm at my client sitting in the parking lot. So. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, I want to check that out. And I mean, the confirmation bias, like this is like a wholly different category. Like, I, I mean, is that saying like Christians somehow lack or like, you know, by getting more eyeballs on it, you're, you're automatically going to get a better answer? That's not true. I mean, if you had like two Christian translators, yeah, you would maybe want to take some input because of your lack of options. If you've got no shortage of Christian translators, you've got a really diverse group. I mean, you know, even like Catholics, who I would prefer to stay out of, you know, my Bible, uh, had a heavy hand in the NIV. That doesn't make me happy. And as a result, I don't really use the NIV. I mean, sometimes I will, but I like knowing the influence. Um, there I mean, you go. Like stay a... away from the LSB for the same reason. That's my whole point. <laughs> So what one do you use? The CSB? I've been reading through the CSB. I'm, I'm in the New Testament now. I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with it, but it just doesn't... I don't know. It's not my favorite. I like the ESV. Yeah, I, I mean, the ESV is my primary. That's my one that's most beat up and marked up, and that's the one I've used forever and ever and ever. Um, but I also... I have a CSB because it's a study Bible, and so I like that. But mainly on my desk, I have a very worn and tattered ESV, and I have a nice new N, uh, NLT because I had read an article that was like, find a literal translation and find a dynamic translation and have both and read both regularly. So I picked ES, I already have my ESV, so I picked NLT, which is sort of, you know, in the, in the chart that you posted, the ESV is like moderate left and the NLT is moderate right, right? So those are the two that I chose. So those are my go-tos. And I mean, as far as like going like different, like, you know, secular people can translate the Bible, like... Why then? By that reasoning, why wouldn't you find, if you could, uh, a secular person um, who wants to be a pastor? I mean, they actually have those apparently somewhere. So why don't you find secular people or atheists who are pastors teaching out of the Bible? Like, I mean, is your skin crawling? Like, it's not like they can't read the words. It's not like you know, Michael. Like, he's heard the gospel enough that he, he whenever like, hey, Michael, can you still read the gospel? He does a good job. Um, but. If he stands up at the pulpit and tries to teach, you know, God's word, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel a certain way about that. I'm like, well, look, you, you can read, you can understand, you can do stuff uh, just as well as a Christian pastor. You know, assume you've got the same, all, all that background and stuff, but you're missing the whole belief in a God. Like that is going to influence certain aspects of how you read and understand and convey, whether, whether on, by the letter of it, you can say the right things. There's still going to be like subtlety, subtleties that you just aren't going to present the same way someone who actually believes this would. So Chris, uh, I mean, um, uh, Steph. Yeah. James, he said in the chat and he's, I'm sure he's just kidding, but he says he failed Christianity because he read the wrong Bible. So James, I love you, man. Uh, no, that's not the, that the is best exactly translation is the one you'll read. <laughs> yeah. The best translation is the one you'll read. That's right. Like Aaron, we're just, we're just don't putting... take that away from this yeah. conversation. We are arguing about nuance that is like completely, uh, irrelevant if you have not accepted the gospel. This is like... Yeah, we yeah. are just splitting hairs because we're yes. predominantly Christians in here and we can. But yeah, grab grab the NIV. <laughs> like, probably Chris would say that. He's like, you only have the NIV or no Bible. Chris would probably be like, fine, read the NIV. Yeah, NIV is fine. I, I started with NIV when I was a kid, so... Yeah, the, we're just like splitting hairs, like super fine hairs. Like how atheists tell each each person, like, you know, they're the wrong kind of atheists. Maybe. There, Jamesy says he accepted the wrong gospel. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other issue, man. But what we're saying is that we have different, we, we prefer for translators to all be Christian 
in a perfect world, but we do not live in a perfect world, and we know that God preserves his word um, nevertheless. Um, well, yeah, worst case scenario. Amen. Yeah, I mean, in the worst case scenario, you could have like actual Satan translate the Bible, and God would still get the message um, even if Satan's trying to mess it up. So, I mean, I mean, in the worst case scenario, the devil could translate the Bible. But since that's not our only choice, we would prefer it to be done by Christians. Uh, Steph, please don't bring up Calvinism no more. What'd you say? Steph, don't bring up Calvinism no more. Oh, hey, there's I some people also on uh, Baba Jaga. What's up? Baba Yaga? Is that Simon? What up, what up? What's on your mind? today i'm just listening to you guys and it's just interesting i find it is very... this baba yaga like the russian fairy tale yes oh cool is it spelled with a j though yeah but it's baba yaga baba yaga depending on yeah it's... different cultures have the same baba yaga spelled a little she's the one that lives in the walking house right the house with legs yeah. in the swamp with, with chicken feet mm-hmm yeah, that's the. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just listening in. I'm an atheist, so you guys love me. <laughs> sure. Just... Well, if you have any questions or whatever, let us know. I will. I'll, I'll chime in. Joanna or Joanna. Thank you. I wanted to ask you guys: When did the Holy Spirit come? Because you, um, so as a Jehovah Witness, we really didn't rely on the Holy Spirit or learn much about it. But I hear you guys talking about it. So I researched it. Is it in 33 CE when the, they had tongues of fire? I mean, that would be the day of Pentecost. But I mean, the Holy Spirit, being God, has always existed. And even in Psalms, we have David, you know, praying like, you know, take not your Holy Spirit from me. So, I mean, the Holy Spirit is, is prominent throughout the entire, I, I mean, in the page one of the Bible. You've got the Holy Spirit present over the face of the deep when God's, you know, creating everything. So the Holy Spirit's always been around. Uh, but specifically in the day of Pentecost, that's where Jesus says, look, I have to go so I can send you another one. This will be a comforter. So that's when, like, the day of Pentecost happened. But the Holy Spirit has always been here. Thank you. What's up, Ike? Oh, well, I'm just your friendly neighborhood critic here, and I, I was listening to earlier Chris talk about the Tetra Grammaton, and, and I thought even even within the wiki of that, uh, that particular uh, four-letter phrase, uh, there's variability in in how, whether or not it's even the name of God or, or just an insistence on uh we are, or he exists, or different different trans uh, translation from that. That he then I just I just find it peculiar that not peculiar. I mean I understand it also, but I find it peculiar that that he would preference uh, somebody that would come in that would then read and agree with the very agree. No, you're chopping up, Ike. You're who believes in Ike. the Holy Ghost to 
to to to write the Bible or to to be the translator. Like I I don't know. I think I just favor Steph's approach towards hey, information is information. If God has the Holy Spirit, He'll speak through it. So He's already made caveats. I'm just trying to mention like it seems like it's not all that. No. It's not boiled so down as strictly. As- yeah, ultimately we were just talking about preferences. So, who would you rather uh, write the best atheist book, a Christian or an atheist? Well, I, I, if the atheist or if the theist is really good at atheist arguments, I guess I'd have the theist do it and vice Perfect. versa. So meaning, so that's all we were talking about was was a yeah. was a preference. Yeah. So either or, which no matter who you would have picked. That, that was the conversation we were having. Well, no, but he was okay also arguing you, Calvinism. It's okay for you to pick the theist to, to write an atheist book and enjoy that and say, okay, I can enjoy that. Or the other way around. That's what we were talking about, preferences. So, But in a perfect world, right, we, don't ha- we, we, we would probably all prefer that Christians were inspired to write the you know, um, translations. But that is not the case. And But what we do know is that God perver- preser- preserved his word um, in all of it, throughout history. That's all. Does that make sense? Yeah, sh- sure. But mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I'm just I'm just saying there's variability out there in in all of these domains. And if someone wanted to argue Calvinism and say this is how I want the Bible treated, meaning meaning I wouldn't want a pastor to also be my translator, uh, meaning by default, right? Um, I would I would prefer uh, professional uh, translators to go in there, and and that's why there's all this variability of different types of Bibles, and and I believe that's going to continue. There's going to be further variability, not a restriction on variability, and then it'll just be claims of which text one prefers, and and then uh, you know how how one is to. interpret said uh, texts that people agree upon. Uh, there will always be a little variance within yeah, so interpretation. Our, our, preferences, our preferences are irrelevant to the reality that we could trust the Bible. Yeah, I, I, I get it. But I mean, even somebody came in and said, well, I want to disprove Calvinism. And someone else said, well, this one's su- suggesting that God is a Calvinist. And someone said, yeah, well, he is. And and I just thought even even once again, the re-outlining of what the group is. Well, we're all Christians here. Right. Even you even have atheists that believe that there can be angels and no God or spiritual domains and no God. And they still claim to be atheists. That variability occurs within theism as well. It's just interesting. So we, all, we all agree that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all our sins. But what, what you're talking about are secondary issues that you, you have multiple Christians out there that do have um, varying views on things that are not. Um, to some, they would say it's 100% clear, to, and uh, but we're, we're talking about, at the end of the day, secondary issues that we can kind of say, okay, I disagree with you, you're wrong, but um, we kind of just, yeah, it's just a secondary issue. But yeah, we all unite as Christians, believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, and if you believe in him, you shall be saved. Hey, Kevin, what's up? 
Hey, what's going on, guys? Happy Friday. Did you want to join the conversation, or you just jumped up here? Uh, sure, but I didn't really know where it was going. I, I guess I, I want to listen a little bit more, um, but I did want to offer an opinion uh, whenever possible. But, uh, yeah. Steph's still drying her hair, and Chris still drinking Astrazine. One of the things oh, that I don't oh, know oh, Go for it, Kevin. Baba, or whoever. What is Chris drinking? Astrazine. We're making jokes. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I understand is when when people are asking questions like write an atheist book and when people generalize atheism as a religion or a cult, I find that quite interesting because atheism is none of it. Right. So why is it that something that's structured like a religion or Christianity is comparing themselves to something that has absolutely zero structure? Because there's still like an implied dogma in it. So it may not be like, you know, if someone asks what your religion is, you're probably not going to write atheism on like a paper. But I mean, it's, it's not like a completely void of nothing. Like if people says, hey, are you a religious person? And someone's like, no, I'm atheist. I mean, you may not know exactly what they mean by that. But you have a decent idea. So, I mean, it's not well, like it's a complete nothing. But, but it is, though, right? Because I, I do believe in nothing, right? Well, and I'm not, well, I'm, I'm, just give me a second. The, the reason but, I'm called an atheist is because Christians call me an atheist. But if you ask, like, technically, God doesn't exist till he does exist. And he only yeah. exists in the Christian, well, in, in a religious person's or a faithful person's eyes. Otherwise, there's no existence of it, there's no conversation of it. The conversation only happens with a believer. Right. So, like, philosophically, I, I agree with you. But realistically, I think you would have to, you'd be forced to agree with me. So, like, when people talk about atheism, that's a conversation. It's not like, I believe nothing, good day. Um, so, philosophically, sure, nothing is nothing. It's, it's, the lack, it's the lack of a belief in a god or gods. Like, I get it. But in reality, there, there are certain things attached to atheism. You're right, and, and and every single thing that's attached to atheism is the belief of a Christian, of a Christian, or a Muslim, or any other person, religious person. The atheism aspect is absolutely nothing. It's the it's the disagreement. So atheism, the only thing it is in reality, is a disagreement with whatever you believe, not the other way around, right? But the question is, do you believe the disagreement that you believe that that you believe? What do you mean if I I do not agree I with what you, your, I do not sin. agree so with you, your claim. So you just don't agree or you don't believe in it? I do not agree or think your claim is logical. Well, so I mean, would you be like an okay, so something without the without any other religion, would you be like a Gnostic atheist or agnostic atheist? That doesn't require any other religion. That's a conversation I, I with atheism know what that itself. What I'll is tell that? you. So if you're a Gnostic atheist, you take a, like a very positive claim that you 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 know, like you know, you can't prove it, but you know, uh, you assert that positively no God exists. Versus agnostic atheist is, um, you know, you just say you have a lack of a belief in a God or gods. So that doesn't require any other religion to push back on. That's a conversation within atheism uh, between people who assert positively there is no God. Versus people who say, well, I don't know, but I lack a belief in it. 
Yeah, but the conversation, no, no matter which way you go about it, the conversation is still based on someone else's idea of a of an external being. An external always, being belongs to a religion. Without yeah. that religion, without that conversation, people don't have these conversations because there's no existence of it. I would push back on that because every like, unless you have an atheist raised by wolves, like you're undoubtedly going to have the concept of a god. That doesn't mean it takes a religion. Like before, there was no religion. If there's a, a group of people who are like. How did we get here? You have no knowledge of any other religion. How did we get here? There's like an atheistic tribe. Um, no one has a belief in a god. You're like, well, look at this tree. Look at this rock. I don't know. Did something create this? Is there a great monster that created rocks? Um, it's like, is there something bigger? Is there something up in the sky that created us? What do we call that? Is it, is it God? Is it dog? Um, you know, what, what do we call this thing? Is there a thing? So, I mean, you can see quickly how this, this conversation, this idea of some creator thing that undoubtedly is going to be called a god or, or mean the same thing can come up with atheists and then they have to decide well do we do we think there is something or do we remain that no i hear what you say but we don't think there's anything up there you okay. never have to know about religion so if you're wondering so you're you're saying that if someone's wondering if there's something else out there they're automatically an agnostic no. Oh, yeah, because they don't know. It, it's well, talking about... Oh, but, I was going a different way. Hold on, I, I, never, have, I never said a god. I said something else. But something else what? That created stuff? Exactly. Or, that there's other, or that there's other life out there? Well, that, that's what I... I'm in, a, I'm in a position where I always wonder if there's something else. I don't think it's an external entity with supernatural powers that thinks no know all knows all creates with the snap of a finger. I think that's all just garbage personally, right? But I just think that there's other uh, entities out there that are similar to us potentially or a little different to us that don't have special magical powers that go abracadabra and all of a sudden you have life forms and creatures that continually evolve into different creatures and different atmospheres with different, uh, you know. Uh, so more so like a Star Trek world other sentient beings with other technologies and abilities sure but, I, I i see a, I, I see a larger potential of that than to this almighty thing that supposedly always existed and everything that humans talk about it so, is way beyond our human comprehension what that could even be but yet we talk about it like we have lunch with it every single day but is it also possible that the possible beings that exist out there are also beyond our comprehension as well oh potentially they are beyond our comprehension but we're not talking about about these beings with, beyond our comprehension we're only talking about them within our comprehension right but when you're talking about an external being that does it all knows it all that's way beyond our comprehension. We just know those words, but we have no idea what it actually is. So, well, we've so got off on a we've got off on a really big side trail. Like, I, I don't know why we're talking about others. Like, like the only thing we were talking about was, can you reason without knowledge of any other claim of a god or any other religion your way to something that would, for all intents and purposes, be a god? Not like little green men, not other life forms. Like we're talking about something with the creative power to say, how did you get here? What made this land I'm standing on? Did it get here through just any other way, or did it hit, get here because something 
have the power to create me, it, us, the world around. So we're, we're not talking about extraterrestrial life. Like that, that, that doesn't even matter. Um, so just to kind of reset before we got off on that tangent, but I do only have like five minutes left. So I don't know if you guys want to finish up or anyone else wants to stay and mod this mess or what. Lou, you want to be a mod today? <laughs> no, sir. Ah, can't give this thing away. Yeah, Anyways. if I quit this job, I could stay and mod the room, but, you know, job. Yeah. Are you putting money over your godly calling? Um, is this a godly calling? I don't know, man. <laughs> Are you agnostic to the notion? I, yeah, sure. Was it Ike or Badger that asked the question? I forget who it was. Um. Bobby Yayo was the one we were talking about. Oh yeah, most recent yeah, guy. So, so did that answer? Did that answer the question about why do Christians say that atheists have um um are, have faith? Or I think that a religion was, was it along those lines? Huh? I, it was religion is the way he actually said it. Which, by the way, I don't call atheism a religion. But when someone says that, I do point out that there are some similarities. Um, you know, not, not, I mean, it's like the Shriners club, you know, they're not a religion, but you know, someone's like the Shriners are a religion. It's like, okay, well, technically no, but they, you know, they do have some stuff in common. Um, you know, like you'll find some atheists who, who like a, a lot of the, uh, atheists from the Netherlands who legitimately have like never stepped inside a church in their life. They don't have any cultural Christianity. They, they have, they are like the closest thing to tabula rasa you can get. And they're like, I have no animus against Christianity. I have never heard of it. What is Jesus? Like some people before have asked me that. They're just like, I have no idea. Like I'm here. I saw, ask a Christian. Like I, I, I've heard Christian. Uh, something about a Bible. I, I never read it. I don't know anything about it. So you'll have some commonalities with those people. There'll be other cultural Christian uh, people raised culturally Christian in America who are atheists. And they are very, uh, you know, they will have a different <laughs> denomination <laughs> or different flavor than the Netherlands atheists who are like very, very blank, blank space uh, because they've been raised in Christianity probably or at least around it. And they have a certain bent towards it. And it's like, oh, Christians believe this or Christians hate this. Or, and, and they have a little bit more sometimes animus in common. Not all, but you can see some similarities um, if you paint with a very broad brush. You usually shouldn't do that. But I mean, you know, to, to say, like, OK, look, guys. You're not in a vacuum. There are some things you have in common. Uh, Dubs, what's up? Do you have anything to say? Perhaps not. Okay. Well, I guess this is a good time. Thanks for, oh, what's up, Todd? Did you want to say anything or whoever's unmuted? All right, that's a good time. Everyone have an awesome Friday. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for joining. Join the Discord server if you'd like to continue this discussion. We will see you later. I'll give you just a second if anyone wants to join this mess on Discord. So click the link. It's fun. It's not a mess. It's fun, okay? It's actually one of the best ones. Oh, I got to copy Chris's Calvinism test to refute that. I actually have no interest in refuting it. Can you post that in the Discord also? Can I post it in the Discord? Yes. I will post this in the Discord. All right, everyone. Have an awesome weekend. Take care. Bye. God bless everyone.